Welcome back to Path to Glory, the Warhammer Underworlds podcast that focuses on competitive gaming, player development, and community growth. This episode was made possible by our patrons, so thanks to everyone who supports us. If you're interested in supporting the podcast monetarily, please check us out at patreon.com slash path to glory. If that's not possible, we still appreciate the listens and the ratings. This is your host, Iman Kusro. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jonathan Davis. But that's not all. We've got a whopping three guests today, and we're joined by three exceptional championship players. Grand Clash winners from the UK, Tommy Conboy, Grand Clash winner from Canada, Matthew Penner, and major tournament winner. If they had Grand Clashes, he probably would have had one uh, from <laughs> Italy, uh, Niccolo Ciapani. How's everyone doing today? Doing great. Uh, I feel like Wallowitz in the Big Bang Theory when everybody's introduced as Dr. Doctor, and Mr. Wallowitz. Like red champion, green champion, and player, somewhat made it. That's hilarious. No, I mean you know we know we everyone here knows you're a great player, uh, and most of our audience does as well. So uh, you've won your fair share of things. It's just unfortunate that none of them have been air quotes official. Yeah. But how's the weather in uh, in the UK, Tommy? Yeah, it's great actually. Believe it or not, lots of sun. Very hot. It won't last, but we're enjoying it while it's here. Do you guys have AC in the UK? I feel like that's not a thing in some places. No, no, no. Yeah. No, okay, well, you enjoy that. Heating. That's all we need. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what about up north? Is it is it cold in Canada already? Or No, I mean, it's, it's hot here. It's been a scorcher. We've been uh, dealing with... Uh, actually, the weather usually has been saying smoke lately as the weather type. Um, because of all the forest fires. Um, yeah. Wow. So it's been not very smoky, but we were uh, we were out on vacation this last week, and it was um, a, uh, a pretty smoky time. Global warming is real. Um, well, okay. Uh, Jonathan, how are you? Everything all right? Yeah, doing good. Uh, just hanging out. Good. Okay. Well, we've got a major uh, packed episode for the day, so we're going to skip most of the pleasantries, but uh, <laughs> hopefully it's less smoky up in Canada. Um, all three of our guests have been on the show before, but in case the audience isn't necessarily familiar with who they are, um, we're going to go ahead and have them introduce themselves with a couple quick questions. So I guess we'll start in order of seniority. And I think, Tommy, you were the first. So, uh, Tommy... Uh, you're a Grand Clash winner. You know, you're out in the UK. How long have you been playing Warhammer Underworlds? Since Q3 of Season 1. So I think that was the Spike Claws and Chosen Axes release. Yeah. I remember, right? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so since then. Do you have a favorite warband? And why is it Thorns of the Briar Queen? No. No. Sepulchral Guard. Always Sepulchral Guard. <laughs> Okay, cool, cool, classic. New elite. Um, you know, I feel like they're really good right now. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, they're they're fun. Yeah, they've always got game towards the end of a season when there's actually cards available for them to use. Yeah, yeah, fan favorite for sure. Um, so where did you win your Grand Clash event, and with what warband did you win it with? Uh, UK Games Expo 2019. Uh, with, uh, what do they call him? Uh, Eltharis Guardians. 
Yeah, that was when like Spear of Akshi and all that was still around. Yeah, right? it's not even my usual style of play, but yeah, it was just a <laughs> ridiculous time for Warhammer Underworld. So it was all Thundrix and Altharis. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, a lot of us owe our success to Thundrix and Altharis. So. <laughs> uh, but we'll get That's to fair. that as we continue. Um, how often do you play Warhammer Underworld? Is it like a daily thing for you? Um, not daily. Lately, I go through phases. So I tend to try and can I take a wee step back every now and then, just play maybe once, twice a week, if that. And then when I've got something to really focus on and work towards, whether it's a Grand Clash or that, then I'll start playing maybe upwards nine, ten, maybe more times a week. Nice. Yeah, so I guess when there's something to practice for, you're doing a lot of it. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, awesome. Okay, cool. Well, I guess we'll jump over to Nick. Nick, um, how long have you been playing on Warhammer Underworlds? Um, yeah, basically same as Tommy. So Q3 of Shadespire. So, yeah. Okay. Around the, uh, the Spideclaw era. Yeah. Um, which one's your favorite warband? Uh, I don't have a favorite. Let's say that my favorite warbands are the ones that have a lot of squishy guys that die easily. And can cover objectives. Okay. Okay, cool. So objective warbands. Yeah. Very nice. Um, and so you've won a lot of, I think you've done really well in a couple events in Italy and online. Is there like a major tournament victory that you want to talk about? Um, and, or maybe like how successful you were in that event and, uh, with which warband? Uh, maybe the, the thing I'm most proud of is day one of the last grand clash I went in Nottingham in mm-hmm. January, 2020 before COVID, you know, uh, I went there with profiteers. I think I was one of the first few guys that played Profiteers with Temporary Victory and Supremacy. So, sort of a twist. And went 8-0 in first day and lost first game in the second day. Right. But you, um, that's good though. I mean, going undefeated on day one is pretty, it's not easy. Um, So, pretty solid. Also, I beat the first two guys of the skirmish of day two. They were in the finals and I beat them back to back, so. Not an easy path. I was Not proud. an easy path at all. And then you've also won your fair share of events online, whether uh, as a you know best part of team as well. So um, yeah, yeah well, good. Okay, your alliance league. Lastly, with Jimmy and Gora that you got as a guest on the last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a cool, cool final. You uh, played some fellow Italians, and mm-hmm. it ended up working out in your favor. So cool. Yeah. And I lost. So being bragged. <laughs> Pretty. Good. That's okay. It's okay. Someone those events are designed for someone getting a bad matchup. So somebody has to play Crusher. That's right. That's right. Um, and how often are you playing Warhammer Underworlds? Uh, I think it's once a week, maybe twice a week, depending on the schedule. If it's something new that came out, if I have build decks to build and practice or stuff like that. Right. Right. Okay. Cool. I guess maybe I should rephrase the question. How often do we think about Warhammer Underworlds? Because then I think all of us would say every day, multiple times during the day. <laughs> yep. But, uh, um, and last but not least, we've got Matthew. Don't Donald ask Trump. how many times during like corporate company time and work time I think about <laughs> Warhammer Underworld. Yeah. 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 I, had to, I had to actually block Discord on my work computer. It's, <laughs> Smart it's too much. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Last but not least, we've got Matthew Penner from uh, the Great Up North. Um, how long have you been playing Warhammer Underworlds? 
Uh, I started right uh, with the Night Vault uh, starter set. Um, that was that was kind of uh, the way the way into the game for me. Kind of let it settle a season, and then you know jumped in kind of both feet. Awesome. Do you, I mean I think we all know the answer to this next question, but do you have a favorite Warband? Uh, yes, it's Ripa's Snarl Fangs. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, and uh, when did you win your Grand Clash event, and uh, what Warband was it? Uh, so it was Ripa's Snarl Fangs um, in the Beastgrave season at the Alberta Grand Clash in October 2020. Got it. Cool, cool. And uh, how often are you playing Warhammer Underworlds, Matt? Uh, about the same, once or twice a week. Um, you know, I usually try to play, you know, once in person. And then if I get a chance to play online, I usually try to play once a week too. Awesome. Okay. So we've got some, a uh, lot of games between uh, the five of us. Um, bunch of wins here. I think four of us are Grand Clash winners and, and then we have non-Dr. Nick. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to go ahead and... Uh, jump into that tier list, but there's a couple things that are newsworthy that I wanted to share. Um, as Jonathan mentioned last time, the Lone Star Open event was canceled, um, but that doesn't mean that events are not happening in the uh, United States. So Matthew Martin, he was part of like Crit Defense podcast. Uh, I think they kind of took a little break over the course of COVID, but they've got a tournament in Atlanta in September called the grand scrum event. Um, it's not an official grand clash yet, but uh, they're hoping to get the numbers to be so. And then there's another event. Um, this is going to be in Rochester, New York. So maybe Matt, you can make it over, but it's the Du Bois GT. Um, there is going to be a grand clash like price support there. So there'll be glass up available as long as they can hit 24 players. So go ahead uh, if you're in the United States, check those events out. Should be some fun. Cool. Um, any events in the UK or Italy or Canada that we should be talking about as well? Uh, I think there are regional events pretty much everywhere in Italy. There's a big one in September that's happening in Milan. I don't know if it's going to happen or not because COVID is a thing and Delta is coming by to all. But hopefully it gets done and should be a big event. Yeah, nothing in the UK from what I'm aware of. Not that I've heard of, anyway. Yeah, yeah we, we don't really have anything planned. Okay. Well, um, you know, I'm sure these, this will all add up and we'll have more events as uh, we fight COVID and the Delta variant. So the uh, last thing I wanted to mention here is uh, one of the, our patrons, Taylor, uh, sorry, Brandon Hussman, his son Taylor is hosting a well, was actually trying to host an Underworlds event. Unfortunately, no one really signed up, but there is a donation link. Um, he's trying to raise funds for his Boy Scouts um, community. And so they're trying to build a fireplace uh, in a community park so that everyone in that area can enjoy it. Um, and he can also learn some lessons about, uh, um, I guess, being a Boy Scout. So the donation link we'll put in our show notes, um, but you can reach out to Hussman77 on Discord or Brandon Hussman on Facebook. Um, I think they're like the goal was 250 and they're at, I think just under 250. So even if you got five bucks to spare, go ahead and uh, support him, support a member of our community, a young member of our community uh, who'll probably be kicking all our butts when he's older. So um, cool. 
Well, let's jump into this tier list. Um, it's our main segment today. So we'll be ranking every single warband that has been released up to this point in a tier list. We're going to call it the definitive Diarchasm tier list. Um, every single person on this episode has privately ranked the warbands via a comprehensive Google form. And I've got the list collated or got the results collated here up in front of me. And uh, we're going to be starting with Sealheart's Champions from Shadespire and go all the way to the end of Diarchasm with Elephant's Soul Raid. This includes the starter set as well. And our goal is to limit each warband discussion to five minutes. Obviously, we'll be faster on some and take a wee bit longer on others. But if anyone wants to speak on a particular warband, they'll chime in. Um, we probably will have a long episode today, but that's okay. Because uh, we've got a lot of uh, people on here and, and they've all got important thoughts to share. And um, before we move on between the warbands, we're going to rate them as a comprehensive group. So it'll be an average of each individual's ratings. Unless people can consider, or sorry, convince other people on the podcast to, you know, kind of go with their ratings. So it should be a little bit of fun banter there as well. Um, and we're going to go ahead and get started. And the first warband is Steelheart's Champions. And Tommy and I rated them a C. And Nick, Matt, and Jonathan gave them a D. So who wants to start? I can go ahead. Um. You know, when when we were putting together this this list and some of the guidelines that um, Amon and Jonathan provided, um, one of the one of the things that stuck out in my mind was kind of easy to pick up and play, um, and, and I think that that's really why I settled on D for Steel Arts Champions. Um, like I like I think they have some of the best attack actions in the game, um, but I think they have weak objectives, and I think they're really hard for a new player to pick up and uh get to the opponent honestly yeah you know that's a really good point matt that you brought up um you might as well kind of give them the criteria and what the rating was because every tier list has different criteria for rating um so when we had put this tier list together um we put rank so it's it's s through d with d being the worst and s being the best um so s rank would be very powerful in the current meta has little to no weaknesses feels very strong even the hands of the average player they can recover quickly from player error. They have strong fighter cards uh, or faction cards and can be, you know, potentially abuse the current card pool. Um, and then, you know, if we go all the way to D, D feels bad, hard to play, has glaring weaknesses, very difficult to overcome. Average player will have a hard time piloting the Warband successfully. There's literally almost no room for error. And uh, they have a subpar pool of fighter cards slash faction cards uh, and are struggling even with the current card pool. So if that's S and that's D, I think, you know, we can all fill in the gaps for uh, <laughs> A, B, and C. So, yeah, okay. So I think I completely understand why you've rated this Warband D. Anyone else want to counter that? Maybe, Tommy, you, you rated them a C. Yeah, I think in most cases I would agree. I think in the current meta, when there's so many objectives and cards that favor Warbands that are just wanting to move forward, when you couple that with the fact that Steel Arts champions do have access to a lot of damage early game. It just gives them an edge compared to some of the other warbands that I've placed as a D. Right on. Uh, I think their, their stats are incredible. Like, if you're talking about like a season four warbands that has those stats, people would have like losing their minds because two fighters that deal three damages, three hammers, cleave, uh, scything, whatever. They have it all. Problem is, I think they are really slow, as Matt said, and 
they are pretty good when inspired. The problem is, I think they risk to not get inspired ever because it's a one-shot meta right now. So even if you're inspired, you're probably dead. And so you actually have to try to work with a beefy warband that's kind of frail because three attacks and they're gone. So yeah, I don't know. yeah. John, I, think I, see, I see you nodding your head a lot. You've uh, <laughs> you agree? I, I think I do. Um, the, I think the way that I look at a lot of these, we have so many warbands now. If I'm thinking about playing any one of them, I always try to think about what is it that this warband can do, like uniquely or better than everything else. And I don't think Steelhearts really have m- anything there. Um, they have a, a distraction, which is good. They have a, an attack again card. They have a couple good gambits, but um, they. I feel like if that if I wanted to play a three fighter warband, they would just be so far down on the list um, that I think that's that's sort of why I would put them in in the D there. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good point because like you know I've I've seen some pretty decent Steelheart champions lists right, and that have done pretty well. Um, but I think when you guys talk about you know, this warband, I started thinking about like, do I actually want to play them? And the answer <laughs> is, is, is like, I think 99 times out of 100. No, I don't. Um, but I think you can make them work. Right. Um, and when you want to make them work, I think in some cases you can make them better than a handful of warbands. Um, but I think you may be convincing me that they are a D, D, uh, a rank D warband, but, uh, <laughs> Um, I don't know, unless Tommy has any additional thoughts, I think we can stamp them with a D and move on. I'd say you're safe with a D. Um, and mo- as I say, in most cases, I would definitely agree. I just think this current meta just gives them a slight edge, uh, but yeah. not, not a hugely noteworthy one. It just, it, it just poked them up to a C for me. Just having two fighters with three damage at the start that can because there's so many plus two movement cards as well that can and mighty swing on top of that just yeah there's a few fun things that you can do with them but it's yeah it's not easy uh, C is a push so yeah that, that's that's actually a great point you've got eternal chase you've got membranous wings our own death spectral wings all that mm-hmm. mighty swing um, you know you could even throw in I think ferocious blow and if you if you yeah. end up hitting you do four damage it's, it's pretty gnarly I think you can you can have fun with it if you want. So, yeah, I think just through sheer weight of numbers alone, we're going to put these guys at the bottom of the totem pole, unfortunately. <laughs> um, not a strong start um, for uh, this warband, but um, puns aside, let's jump to the second one. Garrick's Reavers. Um, this one has got a little bit better ratings all around. Everyone gave this a C, but Jonathan, Old Faithful, gave it a B. Yeah. So we'll start with you, man. Why are you giving this warband a B? D. Did you? No, there's C on here, okay. man. <laughs> you want to change it to B? No, no, it's fine. Yeah, it has. It's been a week or so, probably, <laughs> since we put these together. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I played these recently, and I don't think they're great. I definitely can see why most people said C, um, but I think they are playable with cards like Pure Carnage. Um, I think Mighty Swing is really good. Um, I think in the current meta where a lot of what we're doing is just souping up a small fighter for one charge action and then blowing something up, I think they can do that pretty well. Um, and they get a lot of glory basically for dying, which there's a lot of cards right now. So, 
Um, and they're also kind of unique at doing that. Um, I think maybe Godsworn Hunt can sort of do that and uh, maybe just spoilers. So it's, it's kind of, kind of interesting um, to play for me. So uh, I think maybe my ratings are <laughs> influenced by like how much I enjoy something as well. So um, I probably did purposely rate it a little higher than it needs to be, but um, they have a lot of damage and they can, they can blow people up. So, and five fighters is like just enough to have a little bit of durability um, going into the second round. Whereas I feel like below that, sometimes you can only have like two fighters left. <laughs> so I don't know. I, uh, I've enjoyed playing them a couple games recently. So that's why I went with B. Uh, I tried to build them recently because I was in a, in a, let's say, an argument with Jimmy because we were trying to decide which was better between uh, Magor Fiends and them for an event. And I tried to build them. And uh, as Jonathan said, I think they could work nice because pure Carnage, Punching Up, even Inspired Attack is pretty doable for them. And, yeah. you know, the best cards there are right now, Everything to Prove, Silent Sword, uh, the dagger, everything works really fine. Problem is, uh, it's better to like uh, beef up a small fighter that you can bring back. So there are other weapons that do this better. Uh, they're kind of slow to work it out because they need like a couple deaths to inspire and get beefy on their stats because their stats on inspire are pretty mad, are pretty average. They don't have hunters, which is a minus. They don't have quarries. They are a bit lacking. They don't have surges at all. Like their best surges, it's make three charges, which is not really a guarantee in this meta because you don't have three fighters, maybe in round two. So I don't think they have that much. I was pretty high on them. Building them, it's quite tough. They're they're workable. I don't think they're like some crazy power creepers on crazy advantage. So a C, probably it's fine. Anyone want to add anything to that? I think they're a bit of a trap warband. I think they always look better on paper than what they actually do on the field. <laughs> it's, it's great being able to say, yeah, we'll play Corn Cares Not and Pure Carnage and we'll just run and kill as many guys as we can and die ourselves. But when you actually shuffle your objective deck and start drawing it out, it doesn't function as... You can get very lucky and you can do well if you do get lucky with their cards, but there's a lot of luck required for them to just function. Never mind perform well over the course of maybe a tournament or anything like that. So I think their heyday is over. If you ask me, yeah. so I see is the best they can be at the moment. I, th- I think the only thing that I would add is that we don't have a lot of accuracy in the gambit uh, section right now. And so for that, like, kind of uh, silver bullet glass cannon style, it's really hard to get those opening kills. Like you really, you know, are looking at strength of terror and augmented limbs and cards like that for your accuracy, as opposed to Haymaker, Fueled by Fury, the things that like really made the Reavers strong in the, in the past. Um, so I think their accuracy is a really big negative for them right now. That's a really good point. Um, and, and, you know, I think when I'm thinking about it, like, you know, they used to have Martyred too. Um, and that's kind of what helped contribute to the success. And I guess, I guess you could maybe put Targor and Arnolf up front um, and then maybe, you know, get everything to prove that way. And maybe it helps you score. It begins and then it can kind of help you get closer to that inspire condition. But 
um, I think Tommy's right. They are a trap because they've got some really great gambits. And every time I look at you know this warband, I'm like, do they have insensate? They mm -hmm. have an attack again card. Um, they can deal a damage and add more dice, and so that not only does that counter primacy, but you know, like there's so many cool things that they can do. Um, but then they're all one dodge, and if Sake misses, their game plan's pretty much over, right? So, yeah, I will say that he is a scary fighter, though. <laughs> uh, bloody sake! So, uh, cool. Well, I think um, again, I think we're gonna give this one a C, just based on the consensus here. Um, but if you like them, keep playing them. <laughs> so. Sepulchral Guard is next, and this one is a bit of a surprise to me. Um, everyone gave this a B, except for Matt, who gave it a C. So, Matt, explain yourself. <laughs> you know nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, Tommy, I, like last uh, last summer, I I worked on Guard. That was like the Warband, <laughs> you know, post kind of Rippas. I was like, okay, now I'm going to do pure objective play, and I'm going to do it a hard way. Um, and then, you know, playing other warbands after that, I was like, oh, this can be easier. Um, <laughs> but I think, like, once again, I, I, I come back to that point of, like, is this a warband that it is easy for a new player to, to, to pick up and play and do decently with? Um, is this something that, that you know, uh, like, there's a difference between innate skill and having played a warband for four years, you know, through four seasons of this game? Um, and knowing those stats versus I have seven move two fighters that only stay on one dodge um, that you really have to get technical into understanding, like how to play the harvester and the champion properly to make sure that you can win with this warband. Um, and so like I, and, and I'd probably say like all of my thoughts are any player can win any event if they played enough of a warband and they're a good enough player. Like I'm a strong believer in that. Like I really think that that's like the meta that's shaken out a lot this year. So I, I really went back to like, where do I think these guys sit? They don't have great objectives. They they have some good ploys. They have a couple decent upgrades. Um, and and honestly, they're the highest C I rated. Um, but they do still fall down compared to really every other horde in my mind. They have two surges, right? Like, and one of them is not even playable. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just one. <laughs> they have one surge, and, yeah, and they have one surge. Uh, and it's skills like unforgotten. Skills unforgotten. That's the only one you could really even consider, and I've never seen it make it make its way into a deck to this day. Not since Shadespire days, at least. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, Matt kind of uh, put us on the back foot here. So um, I'm, I'm going to be chill and let Tommy speak because last time <laughs> I played the guards by Tommy, his champion was moving like for seven and even for six damages. So. <laughs> uh, it's really easy to win when you cheat and just add a move. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I do partially agree with Matt in that they're not a warband that you can just pick up and play and expect to do well with on day one. Um, I've seen my tier list choices were more to do with the average player that's maybe had a few games and knows how certain warbands function and how the game works. Uh, I'd say it doesn't take long to kind of get a rough idea on how to play the guard. It does take a, a long time after that to really master how to play them into different warbands and 
it's, it's a long slog with them <laughs> through a tournament. <laughs> uh, but I'd say their their capability is incredibly high in the right hands. So that's what pulls them a wee bit higher for me. Even though they are, they can be difficult to play. Yeah, I almost feel like they're a reverse trap warband, right? We're <laughs> like you. You like look at them and and you as an as an opponent and you're thinking, oh, these guys move slow. They've got crappy defense. You know, like I'll just kill them and I'll win the game. And then you kill the wrong fighters, yeah. and then the harvester and the champion come back and eliminate your entire warband. Um, and I think that's kind of um, one of the fun aspects about playing against the warband and with the warband. And but I will agree with Matt in that even if you're an average player, let alone a new player, I think learning those lessons and, and the minutia behind this warband can be quite challenging. Um, uh, but I think... So they're one of the very few warbands where you can make a competitive deck with them that can one-shot Molog like reasonably consistently. <laughs> That's the kind of power they've got behind them. If you, uh, if you, if you need a bit of luck behind, you need the cards to come out in the right order and stuff. But yeah, they can... They can do some scary things. I think they're kind of underrated right now because they use a lot of cards that were out in Arena Mortis that people didn't play and didn't watch because they couldn't work with other warbands. But I saw a lot of matches where, like, the uh, Spoken Card Gar player pull out Serum Grace and the opponent hits. What is that? <laughs> That's a scary card if you don't know it. Uh, they have some cool tricks in their sleep right now. With that small rework or raisin token, I don't, I don't even remember the name for the raisin token. What, what's it called? Like the raise token, yeah, yeah. raise token, yeah, something like that. So they have some sort of shady, uh, like hidden tricks in their back that people don't kind of overlook them, and they can be quite scary. And then in this matter, there are a lot of cards that help them a lot. There's a lot of plus two movement, eternal chase, amazing for them, and again, everything to prove. Silent Sword, they have, they have it all. They can use it at all and again and again. So, Also, I don't think people realize that the Warden might be the most accurate like attack in, shades in all Underworlds when inspired. He has like three hammers with cleave, two, range two, three damages, if I remember correctly. Something scary like that. Nobody used that, that attack because you want to hide that guy, but they have the two. Yeah, I guess people forget his skills. <laughs> well, and I will say, like during during the Grand Clash, uh, Guard were the most taken warband at the Alberta Grand Clash, uh, and I faced them three out of my seven matches for seven games total, um, and and I got tabled one of those games. Uh, so, you know, they they you know they can play very well, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think for me, the B tier is the way I think about it is if something's in the B tier, I can make a functional deck, but I will have some bad matchups. And that's how I think about these guys. I think they have some pretty good abilities. I think you can make a deck if the universals are right. And I think currently they're pretty decent. Um, but I think there are some matchups where the, you just lose too many fighters, um, particularly fast aggro where they don't have to focus on your um, three wound guys that you actually want to bring back. Um, I just think it can be tough, but um, 
but they're they're fun to play and i think they can be quite powerful i think uh especially once you know how to play them well and you know uh, how to play them into different matchups but um i think b probably low b is where i would say they settle but yeah i don't think you can take them for granted um if some if a good player is playing them right yeah no doubt at all that um absolutely correct i think and i like really like what nick said is like the current card pool is pretty advantageous to them and if you look at the surge hold objective cards from beast grave and then some of the end phase scoring cards with like dominant position um or even rather everything to prove as well i think the cards are there to make them work and then the onus is on the player to i guess maximize the efficiency there um yeah and i think great players can do that i think good players can do it as well um and i think average players can with with the right practice so i think we're gonna go b for focal mm-hmm. guard um and we're going to jump on to one that I don't think will take very long, Iron Skull's voice. Um, <laughs> we got, they're the first warband with everyone giving them the same rating, and it's uh, a D. Yeah. Just because th- there wasn't a E tier. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of our patrons is going to have a problem with that statement. His name is Orc Tim. Um, there are other orcs he can play now. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's right. Uh, plenty of greenskins about. So um, I guess, does anyone want to summarize why this warband is struggling? Uh, yes. So they're incredibly slow. Their number three and number four fighters have a two fury, one damage attack on Inspire. They only good side it that they're beefy. And for Inspiring, they need to get hurt. So not get beefy again. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's Unfortunately, it. I just don't think there's a reason to play them unless you just want to play orcs. And then I think you can take advantage of that beefiness. Um, and we have seen that, you know, happen before. I think people have done like hold objective. I think I think orc Tim did pretty well with some hold objective stuff, which I think can can work if you surprise an opponent with it. But um, the only thing this warband has going is that Gerzak is a powerful fighter. <laughs> the objectives are bad for the most part. The boys are okay. But there's a lot of random stuff in there. Upgrades, I don't can't really even think of any that <laughs> are worth taking. So I'd say the only thing they've got going for them that other warbands maybe don't is they've they need the lock on their side because they're all 50-50 cards, but they've got a couple of free attack actions in there and free kind of pushes and move actions that they can it very rarely ever works out. But if it does, they can function really well but it's so few and far between that yeah they're definitely a d for me well yeah. to kind of forward compare like the wound profiles are very similar to dread pageant um except you've got you know a, a better defensive stats a much higher range and higher speed across the board even if you're just looking at fighter stats and not even card pool or, or play style or anything like there there's literally a four fighter warband that also inspires pretty hard in a, in a hard way, but um, that, that has a very similar, you know, stat block. I mean, yeah. even in the first season when Wars Fiends came out, everyone was like, Oh, I'll do this instead. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. And those guys have aged well. I will say, I think, you know, they weren't really that bad. I think there was like cards like whip it to frenzy and stuff in Nightbolt that you could really use to kind of 
get them inspired quickly and then help them do more damage. But I think what really hurt them was when they we the game was mechanically changed. The inspiration. To where you can't inspire via charging through a lethal. Yeah. I think that was like the death knell for them. And while Gerzak is probably one of the most impressive fighters in the game and probably does really well in Arena Mortis, <laughs> um, in championship format, alliance format, and he's um, he's very easily killed, especially with cards like Punching Up and things like that, right? So we also have like six def- different ways to get plus one damage now. So <laughs> like wounds don't matter anymore. Uh, it's all about rolling crits on defense, so... I want to stress this out. Haka and Basha have the same attack profile of the petitioners. <laughs> and Bonkara, which is their number two, hit Hazard as Huachi. <laughs> yeah, I never got that, actually, because they're like, Zarbag's Gits came out, like, I guess less than a year later. And, like, they're all, like, two smash, two damage, yeah. or, like, three smash. <laughs> and I'm just, three smash, one damage. And I'm like, how are they How are they more accurate than Haka and Basha? I don't get it. Yeah. But, Mistakes were made for sure. <laughs> I don't think we need to spend any more time on that. Yeah. No, no. Um, <laughs> this next war band is is kind of in similar straits in terms that they're a bit dire. Um, Chosen axes, uh, they got a D from everyone, and Jonathan gave them a C. Um, and I think it's just because you like them. But <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and s- let's start with you here. Why why are you giving them a C? Um, the reason I gave them a C is because. If you can get them inspired, um, they are actually pretty terrifying. Um, and I think in the current card pool, you can get a couple of them inspired. And th- their slowness can be made up for with all the speed in the game right now. Um, I haven't played them in this current meta, but I played them a few months ago um, in one of the cam game events. And I, I thought they were pretty decent i mean I, th- I think they're better than the orcs they have some of the they have they actually have quite a few really good objectives and they have quite a few um pretty incredible ploys so i think they are playable they are just very difficult to play and i think that they are enjoyable to play um in a way that like gives me a reason to want to play them now and then um they can do some things that other people can't um which is just kind of cool. Like their 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 play style is kind of unique, in a way that uh, the other D ratings for me are not. So, um, from a pure power perspective, and like take them to a tournament, I feel like they might do a little bit better than some of the other D stuff. But you know, they're probably low C's for me. But I don't know. I mean, they they have some pretty incredible uh, cards, and with things like Mighty Swing and Vision of Glory and all the damage um, their leader is ter- kind of terrifying. So um, I don't know. What do you think about their inspire? Oh, it's, it's tough. It's tough, but you can probably inspire one or two of the hard hitting ones. And then you can get that fighter tooled up with um, something and then just blow everything up. I think they were better in the pre far meta when there was a lot of elite war bands um, doing things. And uh, but they are pretty good at the whole two style as well. So I, I you know, I'm not going to fight you guys. I think that <laughs> I think D is fair, um, but I think they have a little bit more potential um, with somebody that has played them a lot. They're, they're definitely not very forgiving, but they have a lot of uh, power. I feel like outside of their fighter stats. 
particularly that speed. Who wants to burst his bubble? The problem I've got with them is that if you want to secure the Inspire, you almost kind of need to hoard the objectives back a wee bit to try and kind of limit any disruption to your fighters. Or you can make up for that by just putting lots of pushes in the deck, which is never a bad thing. Yeah. And if you want to try playing aggressively and inspire at the same time, the fact that they are weaker defensively before they inspire means that that first round is really critical as to whether you're actually going to have a warband to fight with come round two. So that's the the problem with them, is that if you hang too far back, secure your inspire, you can't do anything with them round two because you're too far away. Uh, if you play aggressively, then you're too weak round one to really hold off from any kind of aggro that hands their opponent. Yeah. So their power cards are something of an A tier or something like that. They are amazing strong cards. Uh, problem is, as you guys pointed out, their inspiration is atrocious. Uh, they, had, <laughs> they had worse match, worse meta for them because shattering, not shattering how, how it's called, great concussion and mischievous spirits unrestricted were a pain for them, were really a pain. I, I just feel sometimes you go on round one, you say, okay, this round I'm going to inspire and then I'm going to hit. And when the second round begins, you say, okay, this round I'm going to inspire, but I only have two fighters left and I still have mm-hmm. everything else to do. So I don't think you can really play for inspiring and then do something else. You, you just need to play your game and maybe if you're lucky, you also inspire too and you get some buffs. But they also need to inspire. That's, that's the tricky part. You should, yeah. You should really not, but also you should absolutely inspire. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to play them like objective aggro flex and then hopefully that the objective hold objective cards sync up with inspiring a few people and then you know it's it's definitely uh definitely difficult but i just think if i had to play something and my goal was to win i would play them before some of the other things that i put in d but if if we move them down to the front of d i would be okay with that too so (laughs) i think for me it's um when you play them you have to pick one or the other it's do i want to sit on objectives and inspire or do I want to, um, you know, be aggressive and I guess hopefully hit things? And I think it's really hard to do both. But I think it's particularly hard to do the latter because um, if you take cards like Restless Prize or you know maybe Symbiote's Call, Living Land to help you kind of get on to the objectives, maybe in enemy territory. I guess you can't use Living Land, but um, it takes out of your like speed that you need. It takes out of the accuracy that you need. Um, and maybe some of those pushes are synodic, maybe you can work both ways, but um, it also, you lose out on like cards like Vision of Glory or um, Strength of Terror or some of those other cards there. And so you have to sacrifice something in order to do uh, aggr- you know, aggression. And then you have to sacrifice time and activation economy if you want to hold objectives and inspire. And then maybe you can't even reach the opponent or as Nick said, you die, right? Your mm-hmm. Warband is just killed. So I think like while they're a fan favorite, and I think Davey said this on his podcast, I think when you were on it, Matt, he was like, there's like a chosen axes gang like that just runs <laughs> around and like, yeah. you know, call them the axe gang where they like come out and they like strongly defend this war man and they're enthusiasts. But um, yeah. you don't see those guys playing them either in competitive events, you know? So 
You know, I, I think just, in every tournament ever, there's always like a weird guy that tries to make sure an access happens. Yeah, I, think I that, mean, you know, weird great. is relative. Enthusiast, I think, is a fa- is a better word. But, <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I just don't think they're. I don't know. I, I think they're just a fan, they're a fan favorite, but I just don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> Naked dwarves is the thing, I guess for sure. But I don't know. Yeah, Matt, maybe you can shed some light on this one. No, no insight here. <laughs> well, let's let's leave him at D and go to the the next one then. <laughs> okay. So so this one's actually I find quite interesting. Um. So like I think we can all agree that Spite Class Swarm have made like have always stayed somewhat relative in this in this game. I think the only season where they kind of dipped a little bit was Night Vault, but since then, yeah, they even, won like a... Even then, there was the Crown of Avarice kind of crazy meta. Yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. Itself, so. Yeah, they've actually done really well in, in, in Shadespire, you know, thanks to JWR. They won like, you know, a couple Grand Clashes, and then, like, I think Mike Carlin got top four in like this Scotland GT, Yeah, I think. Yeah. And, then, and then, like, Ollie won one online clash with them. And then since then, they've just been a part of a bunch mm-hmm. of events and any team event to the Nations Cup. I think every every team is taking Spike Class Swarm. So everyone gave them a B, except for Nick, who gave them the vaunted S tier. I'm going to fight you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, I'd love to kind of get, maybe let's start backwards here. Like maybe Matt, Tommy, maybe one of you can explain why they're good. And then maybe Nick can convince us why they're better than what, you know, we think. Okay. So I think like Spike Claw Swarm has, has always been powerful, you know, innate, you know, speed five uh, is amazing. Um, they've got uh, a decent first and second in command. They've got the ability to resurrect the other three fighters and, um, uh, I, I think they're amazing weapon caddies and, and kind of cannons that you can, you know, load up and, and fire. And then when that doesn't work, uh, do it again, uh, which which is something I really like about the Warband. Um, you know, for me, a lot of it comes down to uh, the card pool. Uh, they've got a few really good upgrades. Uh, they've got a couple really good ploys, uh, but I, I find they're... Uh, their objectives are pretty weak. And, and I think that that's something that, that really, you know, uh, it tunes down the level for me um, because you're really going into this hybrid flex play where you're, you're kind of doing what the meta says you should be doing. And I always feel like there's two or three war bands that are going to do that exact style of play better just based on their faction cards. Um, and that, that would be kind of why I would put them at a B. Yeah, I think they definitely have a few bad matchups. Um, I would say they're one of my favorite warbands to play, and I've probably played them more than most other warbands. Um, but I find that they kind of struggle into warbands that have more fighters than they do. Um, their advantage is that they can bring people back, but you probably don't bring back more than two fighters in a game. And there are some warbands that can either bring more fighters back so they can outlast you, or there's some warbands that just have more fighters. Like, even though Gits can't bring fighters back, they're going to outlast you probably. And then Thorns probably feel like they have about the same. Um, so I just think yeah, there's a couple of matchups where they're, they have a tough time, but um, so that's why I rate them a little bit lower. They might, I could see pushing them to a, 
Um, but I don't think they're in there in S. These all start at movement five, right? Yeah. 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 Their movement is great. The ability to resurrect with a card is great. The ability to resurrect at all is great. Black hunger is great. Um, they have a distraction. I mean, there, there's a lot going on, but I find if you hit them pretty hard early, they can sometimes struggle to have, um, you know, options later on. And when you say hit them hard, are you talking specifically like Kirk and Spike Claw themselves? Um, yeah, if you can kill either one of those early, then they start having some trouble for sure. Um, but also just if you can just keep up with them and even just trade one fighter for one fighter for long enough, they're just going to, they're going to run out. But I don't know. There's a tempo issue with them when it comes to aggro. I've played a lot of games with Spike Closed. And if you, I mean, don't get me wrong, their defense is very high. So you're getting quite unlucky if you're losing fighters quickly. But if you're up against really kind of heavy, fast hitting aggro, you find that your ability to score and keep up with how quickly you're losing fighters becomes very difficult. So that's always my advice when it comes to dealing with old objective spike claws is just to keep hitting them, just keep killing them off. Because the more activations they need to spend resurrecting, the less chance they've got of scoring, which means they can't get their upgrades on. But and so on and so forth. But yeah, in the, in the right hands, I could agree with Nick in that they could definitely be an, an S to your warband. But I'd say in the average player's hands, I'd say a B is probably there. Okay. okay, Nick. Well, we've kind of set the stage for you. <laughs> okay. And we've kind of built a pretty big hill. Tell us why we should die on it. So I think uh, if I have to agree with somebody, it's the last sentence of Tommy. So the only thing I think they could not be an asset because they're they're not like uh, easy to grab, easy to build and get a deck and go for it. But I think I can argue against your other points. So starting off, uh, they I don't think they have a bad matchups at all in this meta. I think they can take the bigger fighters, the Kanan, the Molochs, the whatever, because Festering Blades, Soul to Dagger, Punching Up, uh, Inspired Attack, there's a fighter that I think for a lot of dice and a lot of damage early on. Uh, if they have like instead uh, like a numerous uh, warband that have a lot of fighters, Black Anger is a thing. Mm-hmm. Give it like the Silent Sword with Black Anger. That's a scary man. That's a scary rat that's going to swing and take out fighters. Also, if they trade fighters, they have Expandable, which is a card that exists and give it quite an edge because they didn't lose glory. They didn't lose primacy, they do a lot of stuff. They have bad urban objectives, I agree, but I'm gonna name you three surges, gathered momentum, swift capture, everything to prove. Those are three surges that you can do without spending cards with them. Also two hybrids, one duel. Uh, set the tempo, it's around two cards for them because absolute stillness is a duel and it's easy for them. And you know, I already named you two other hybrids and another duel, so build whatever you want. They have a, a faction distraction. They can play the quarry like amazingly because Outrun Dead lets you choose a fighter. Uh, Heated Instinct, again, choose a fighter, push two. It's amazing. 
their uh, resurrection mechanic is the best resurrection mechanic in the game because you don't need to kill. It's damn accurate. You choose the spot when they go back and you can go get a fighter back in the enemy territory, even over an objective. Also, they can take mischievous spirits, which nobody takes right now, and it's so powerful for them because you can push objectives over starting axis, and right now you can pop everybody up. I think me and Amal are on the same team for WTC. I think every every single time when we choose what's the what's the urban that we offer from, I think it's them or Drapper all the time. Yeah. Do you think they're yes. better than Grimage? Yes, I think. Also, there's a card right now. I don't like it, but it's there. That let them inspire all all of them. Carnivores. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about carnivores. All yeah, that's a really good point. Right from the bat, everybody's on two dodge or two shields. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's pretty comprehensive, pretty impressive, given the fact that you didn't take any notes either. Um, (laughs) I I think I think yeah, I think they're really good. and they've done pretty decent. I think there was a we had an online clash recently where they I were like. I think Jimmy went top four. With them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, also that's a good player, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, I think I'd be willing to you bump them up to A, but I, I don't know if I'd go I past A. Yeah, I would yeah. settle on. I think we could settle on A. Unless Matt and Tommy are are gonna. I mean, I I do back. think they're better than the the guard. Which we gave a B, so yeah, that's a fair point. Let's see, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we could do A. Okay, well, Nick, hey, you changed all of our minds. Okay, let's go to so, the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next one is um is another warband that has um has most likely overstayed their welcome. Um, <laughs> they're very consistent. Probably has to do with their fighter stats, but Magor's fiends. We've got yeah. three Bs between um, Tommy, Jonathan, and myself with um, – actually, no, between myself, Matt, and Jonathan, and then Tommy and Nick gave them a C. So why are uh, we giving them the Bs and Cs, guys? What's going on? <laughs> um, I guess I can start. The way I see them is I think that they have some pretty good – uh, power cards, mainly their uh, demonic resilience um, can be very important in this meta where it's pretty easy to one-shot people. Um, and then in my mind, they're kind of just the best at what they do. And I think you can make a functional deck. And by what they do, I mean you just have four beefy fighters that charge forward and just keep doing that. <laughs> um, so I think they're, they are playable. I think they definitely have some bad matchups um, and they are kind of slow. So I could see why people would say C, but I think they're they're playable and they're they're solid. Um, but to me, they're like old faithful. Like you can always yeah. rely on Magor's fiends. Like you you can take them to any event, and I think you can do okay, right? And I think whether you're a new player, old player, I mean, yeah, I think the skill ceiling is very low with the warband, right? Yeah. But um, like Rip Tooth going to five moves, pretty scary. Um, great access to cleave off the bat. Um, and I think there are a lot of cards in this current card pool that are very conducive to their success, whether it's unafraid, um, dominant, like, you know, just being in enemy territory through like all the cards that do that, um, clean kills, bold deeds. I mean, 
I think it's one of the few warbands where you can actually take clean kills and bold deeds in the same deck because you're going to just want to be in enemy territory. Um, but I want to, I want to turn over or go ahead, Matt. Yeah. I would also say like the amount of speed, um, the fact that they have the infaction inspiration, um, and then the amount of bows nets, the amount of ranged weapons that they have access to right now to get like a pre-inspiration before their, their kind of final charge. Uh, like I, I, I think that that's something that, you know, I've seen done on the, on the aggro side. Um, and I think that that's always for me, one of, one of those factors for them, but I think they are just kind of the benchmark for pure aggro. Like, like if you're, if you're below what their faction cards and stats do, you're clearly below and you'll never be at an advantage. And if you're above, you should probably play aggro. Yeah. Tommy, what do you think? Seeing some <laughs> eyebrows being raised. Again, I think they are a little bit of a trap. When I think of an aggro warband, I want a warband that's able to just hit the ground running and start killing things right away. This warband, their inspired stats are fantastic. So if you get that inspiration strikes or furious inspiration things called early, then yeah, great. But until that point, if you have a bad round one, you're gonna have a bad game with the warband because your most accurate attack is probably Ripper with three fury to begin with, and yeah, you you live and die by the dice, which is very true for a lot of aggro warbands. But I just think this warband in particular, um feels it more than any other so they're very kind of hot and cold so and they start when you, slow so that's why they were c for me and when you yeah. say they 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 um benefit more than other is it just because they just happen to have, like when they hit they inspire as well so it's almost like a double yeah feels bad when they miss yeah exactly <laughs> if they hit great yeah you're gaining so much from hitting you're scoring you're killing things you're inspiring like it's a huge tempo warband, but if you don't get that kind of good round one, then I find they just fall apart. Do you think yeah. there's enough accuracy in the game to overcome that? If they can get scoring, then yeah. They're, they can overcome it with things like Vision of Glory and uh, obviously Strength of Terror and stuff like that. With three of them being on hammers or smash, then it can definitely be overcome. But I just find if you're up against an opponent that knows how to deal with them and just sits back, pushes them around and stuff, then they have a really hard time and they end up falling in the same category as um, Iron Skulls Boys and Steel Hearts and things like that, where you're just you're running at your opponent desperately trying to get something and you're just not scoring anything at all. Right. Nick, you've been pretty quiet here. What do you think about the fiends? Uh, I think there are some hit, some something that were hit and a miss. Like I faced a Gartok with even presence and some plus wounds on them last week, and it's pretty scary to do because you're not moving that guy out of the objective at all. Uh, I think their best build right now is the old two that Jonathan mastered last year and. I think as a bit of a resurgence this year, combined with the aggro being your territory, all deeds, whatever. Uh, I do also think that Crushers do this game plan better. They have mm -hmm. better actions, better cards to do it. So probably I just rate under them. But I think they're somewhat fine. So I think I see it's a 
it's a good spot. Got it. Okay. So I guess I think we can all kind of agree with one another to a certain extent, but um, I, I'll, I'll bow out of this one, but I guess between the four of you, where do you think we should place the warband? I think I'm fine with it, with it either way. I, I think I disagree a little bit. I think that they are a solid B. I think once you give them enough reps and I, th- I think they're flexible enough that they can do uh, a few different things, aggro adjo- objectives, things like that. So I, 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 I'm still pretty happy with B, especially if compared to a lot of the other stuff I put in B, but um, so I really have to ask and, and we'll, we'll spoil <laughs> something for later, but to Nick and Tommy, where did you place ravagers? If ravagers are also a C, I, yeah. I think you're both wrong. <laughs> I think they I gave them a D. You gave Ravagers a B, and you put Fiends in C. Really? Uh, I gave I'm asking you know, a C. Uh, see? Ravagers in the same spot. I think that's a really good point, Matt. Because like I, I def, I think Fiends are better than Ravagers, hundred yeah. percent. So that's that's really like my message here is like <laughs> I don't think Ravagers are a D. So if I don't think they're a D, Magors is definitely a tier up from Ravagers. I can that's do fine. the op- I can do the opposite. Where do you put Crusher? A. Probably A. Okay. I, I don't rate them an A, so that's that's the difference. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. Let's go to far striders. Hopefully we all agree on that. So oh, I just need to we need to put a rating on it though. We need to stamp on it. Is it a B or is I just wanna I think we're three to two on a B. Yeah, probably so. I think that's fine. <laughs> all right, fair enough, fair enough. Um <laughs> far striders. This one should be a little bit quicker. Um myself, Tommy and Nick gave them a C, Matt and Jonathan gave them a D. Hmm. So let's um let's hear it. What's going on here? I don't think there's any reason to play these. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of any. So a bird, a bird. Oh, uh, strike is raw. It's a great yeah, card. Fighter's ferocity is back. Warrior <laughs> Seeker is back. I guess. Yeah, but I, I'd rather play the other crossbow guys that hit for two damage. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> the stormies. Uh, so for for me like the first riders were actually the first warband i ever bought um i I love stormcast um and and i don't find many of the stormcast playable in this game uh is especially lately uh i think they have terrible inspiration uh even though they get great stats off of it um i think things like um inspiration strikes leaving and cards uh oh what's the what's the upgrade that used to do it um it used to give you blazing soul blazing soul you know i think both of those out of the game you know gives you a really hard game plan um and we have not been in the game of chip damage um for you know almost two seasons yeah we have lethal ward but you know that's it's okay, and then, uh, but and they also they're terrible at primacy. They're they're just they're never going to get primacy. So, well, so fair uh, until you kill the enemy leader. I think I think what I really like about this warband, uh, and I will say like Farce Riders were my favorite warband in Shadespire. Right, I, I loved them. Um, everyone was like Spike Claws are better. I was like no, but they were. <laughs> but you know, um, I, I played them a lot, and I think what I what I realized. In Shadespire, you know, we had great concussion back then. It's a little bit different. But, like, now I tried them the other day. And, like, I don't think you play them the way that you think you want to play them. Like, I think that what you do 
is you play them like a three-man aggro warband. You charge into enemy territory first round, and then once you're in enemy territory and you can shoot multiple fighters, that's when you maybe start taking pot shots with Farstrider, um, and then maybe continuing to charge with, um, you know, the other two, Eagle Eye and and uh, the other guy. And uh, I think like Fighters Ferocity, um, the uh, Eagle Eye, which is the, mm-hmm. the, the, the you know the yeah. reroll, and then. Um, uh, with Raptor Strike and Lethal Ward coming back, I really do think that you can like consistently do three damage with Farstrider and Glory Seeker. You know, or sorry, is it three? Yeah, it would be three with Glory Seeker, um, which I think is pretty strong. And uh, there's like even a card where it's like if your opponent is on an edge hex and like they have one damage left, and if it would kill them, you can kill them. You can deal the one damage. Like I put that in the deck. I think it's called Dragged Away in the Darkness, mm-hmm. and I was just like pinging people, pushing people around, and then like trying to like find creative ways to kill them. Was it efficient? Probably not. But I, I think I was very impressed by like their ability to, I think, play better than they did in Beastgrave, which arguably did have more ping damage. Um, I think you're right, Matt, in that Stormcast really don't like Savage Strength, uh, Feral Symbiote, Great Strength, Punching Up, Inspired Attack, for sure. Um, but I think they're better than Iron Skull's boys on Chosen Axis, 100%. And that would be my benchmark there. So so to be fair, they're the highest end of D that I can <laughs> Just Just to be fair, like when I was ranking, they, they are my highest D. I think I one think thing that can't be forgotten is how well this Warband can play the speed package. Yeah. So far straight yeah. starting on four movement. Means you've got. I mean, you you want to take plus two movement cards anyway because you want to get enemy territory. So if you take your cover ground, your wing death, gather momentum, that's three your surges right away that you can score with no issues whatsoever. One thing that the warband really suffered with was the recent uh, far list. So they played Mortis relics and Voltron tech incredibly well, and I played them in the same way as you just mentioned there, man. Uh, kind of full aggro run in enemy, enemy territory and then just whichever one is in the best position just Voltron it up and start shooting and they did it really really well they can still do it to an extent but uh, not as well if you'd asked me pre far they probably would have been a B for me funnily enough but um, post far I'd say a C is probably the right spot I'd say a D is probably maybe a wee bit too harsh because they do play ping damage and aggro really well and timing is a huge factor to this warband because they do inspire uh, into some really strong stats so if you're good at getting into enemy territory at the right time you can cause a lot of damage so i think they have good end phases right now which is something they didn't before they might have like some bad surges but they can take the speed package that helps uh, I think there are treasure hunter warbands more than a just cyber warband. They can take two objectives in enemy territory. They have a lot of pushes. They have a push two of faction, uh, if I believe. And you can Voltron like Farce Rider and shoot for a lot of damage. I think they cannot go that high because they have horrible matchups. Just horrible matchups. Like Moloch chew those guys out and spit them out. And you, you I just have- think they. Yeah, I would just think that they die way too easy. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's any way to keep Farce Rider alive. I'd be amazed if you get into the third round with more than one fighter, really at all. So, 
I guess the thing is, is like they don't need more than one fighter in the third round. Yeah, that's and, true. And you and you want it to be far shredder, and you can give him, put him on guard with two block. Yeah. Um, you know, and he can he can be chilling on an objective, even dominant defender. Give him dominant defender, put him on an objective, and you know he'll be shooting away. And I and I think it's, I think like it's three damage at range consistently, or pretty much super consistent because you can get a reroll if not more than one. It's pretty impressive, I think. Uh, Army of One is an amazing upgrade for them. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. And like Scavenged Armor. And then I think there's just so many cards that help you score in enemy territory. It's almost like what Tommy Tommy and I were discussing, like when you Magor's gained so much from hitting and, and lose so much opportunity off missing. Like this Warband wants to be in your zone. There are so many end phase cards that reward you for being in enemy territory. And they get all two block. And they can pretty much cover your entire board from you know two 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 fighter points, um, so they can be kind of annoying and keep shooting people off objectives as well. Um, I definitely think like fiends will destroy them, right? <laughs> or like even ravagers or mad mob and and some of those other newer and crimson court. But uh, I don't think they're a D. I think that's the point I'm trying to make. I think all you've done is convince me to like build some decks and play them again. Yeah. Uh, but. I mean, I'd be willing to move them to a seat. Like, yeah, that's fine. You guys can outvote us there. I don't think I've changed my mind, but because, because in, in my opinion, these guys don't do anything that the Storm of Celestis doesn't do twice as better. So they can shoot more than once. Yep. Yeah, but you don't need to. <laughs> you don't need to shoot more than once. <laughs> I look forward to that warband when we get there. I, I, the banter between the two. Yeah, we'll, the we'll, get there, we'll get there in about three hours. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, I think we're. <laughs> We're making pretty good progress, given the fact that we started 20 minutes in. So, yeah, we're, one, we're one, one season down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Storm Sires Curse Breakers is uh, the beginning of Night Vault here. Um, and uh, they've got four Cs, and the only person to give them a B was Jonathan. So Jonathan, defend yourself. <laughs> um, I, th- I just think that they're the best of the um, older... Uh, Stormcast. Stormsire is still pretty solid. Amos is solid. Their Inspire is super easy. Um, so I think that they're, I just think they're more playable than Far Striders. I think they're more playable than, you know, any of the other three fighters for the most part um, that play in that slow style. So they have pretty, they have, they have doable objectives. They have doable spells. Um, basically, I think you can make a functional deck with them that tries to play the game and, makes sense and I think it works. I just think they have a lot of weaknesses right now. Um, but I think it's functional. So so the best thing you said about them is they're better than Fast Rider and you can build a deck. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm that's, fine with them being a C. That's the I'm not, ceiling. I'm not, I'm not fighting too hard. Yeah. Yeah. B for me think- is like you can play them, like you sort of have a reason to play them. I guess yeah. like B B to me is like, I don't think it's terrible, but C to me is when things start. Like, uh, like I think maybe you're just playing it for fun. D I don't think there's really a reason to play it at all. Um, B I think they do, they do function. If you want to do magic, they are kind of the best at that. Um, and it, they have it's, not that, something. it's not great. No, <laughs> I think by your definition though, what you just said is like, like, see, you play them for fun. Like, I think if you like Curse Breakers, you play them. Otherwise, you don't. 
Yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm fine leaving him in a C. I mean, I think I think basically we just our rating systems are a little bit um, personal, you know. No, and absolutely, and that's the whole point of the discussion, right? Is like we want <laughs> yeah. to disagree a little bit to where we can kind of, you know, have the you know audience maybe make their own informed decision as yeah. well. But um, if we had a B minus, I would put them a B minus. Yeah, and I but I think so. that's also like a cop out. Like I'll do that on my personal <laughs> tier list. Is I'll do like a B and a B minus because it's yeah. like it's like it's it because I feel like it's a cop out and it's, it's a little bit easier. But I think if you want to be hard lined about it, like I do think, Curse Breakers are now like more of a fun war band, like with a gimmick rather than yeah. a warband that you can take to an event, whether it's an online event or a local shade glass event, I think you'd still have to play them very well to win. Um, so, in saying that, they have some very technical, kind of weird, there's, there's a couple of weird decks going around lately that I've seen where they can play Primacy pretty well and not so much feed the beast grave, but they can do a kind of an objective control thing where they can sit on two and throw storm sire in to remove a lot of enemy objectives with like Mazig's machinations and stuff. There's some really kind of strange decks that could be competitive. I just don't think they've found their place yet after that far. But I, I could see them. I could see someone pulling off something quite exciting with them potentially. So well, and with lost pages and glory seeker. Like those two things coming back, or like Glacier coming back means four damage storm sire is a thing, and that's mm-hmm. pretty scary. And then all the ways to soup up one fighter holding an objective is still a thing. And then lost pages on any of them is a pretty good glory boost. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think they're okay. Like I think I think I think it works. I just think it's hard, and you have to. Harness the storm is still restricted. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, and I think sometimes a lot of it might not be. Cards, I don't think. Yeah. Well, I think there's like there's a bunch of like cards for like wizards holding objectives now, right? So like you could, you could. I think maybe Tommy has a good point. Like you can just have Rastus and Amos stand on objective. You get hidden purpose. You get uh, that one faction specific card that they have. I mean, Martial Mage is free for them. Yeah. Magical yeah. Mark is the have a wizard mm-hmm. holding an objective, right? Yeah. Yeah. In phase. Yeah. And then there's like one for a wizard having like three object three upgrades. It's two even. Oh, it's and two. It's two upgrades. Oh, okay. And you yeah, play it's... all that into perfect match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's some things that can be done with them, but I just don't think it's viable enough yet, at least to be considered a B. So, but I definitely say that a high C for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. fair. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. <laughs> Anyone else want to add anything to um, uh, Storm Daddy before we move on? <laughs> Glad they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good. Um, speaking of a warband I wish was gone, um, <laughs> Thorns of the Briar Queen are up next. Um, we've got we've got an A from everyone except for Matt, who gave them an S, um, which just could be semantics mm-hmm. here. But... Um, I think we'll start with Tommy just because he's probably had the most, uh, uh, experience, positive experiences with them. Can, can <laughs> we make we'll... the meme where Mo throws Barnes out and there's Tommy coming back with thorns? <laughs> yes, that's exactly, that's exactly the, the meme. That's yeah. So let's hear it. Yeah. So I was hard pushed not to make them an S if I'm being honest. 
mainly because I know that they can struggle into certain types of hard aggro or certain players that know to go for your chain rasps and go for your score. And also the fact that um, objective flip and removal is still very prominent in the current meta. I'd say that they can find some very, very tricky matchups. So that was just enough for me to put them in the A category, but I don't know. I could easily see them being considered an S. It was difficult. Yeah. Matt, you gave them an S. Um, why do you think this warband deserves like that rating? So I think with the way that the far list shook out, um, the restriction of mischievous spirits, um, <clears throat> some of the more aggro and Voltroni pieces being removed, um, Thorns are just the most have the most action economy of any warband in the game. They're the best at grabbing tokens, um, and then it's up to the opponent to move them off the tokens. So, and whether that's in an aggro way, where if you fail that attack, most of the time you inspire them uh, because you're going to end adjacent to them, uh, which now they're on double dodge. Uh, you or you know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, once again, it's, you know, came down to me for, for the way that I interpreted the scale when it came to like, can a new player pick this warband up and control the objectives better than any other warband? And, and the answer to me was yes. Um, and if we've got a meta that's starting to shape up where objective play is viable and the tools for taking care of that objective play are becoming less and less, uh, I, I think right now, you know, the Thorns are still one of the strongest warbands for that playstyle. I think this, this, yeah, you said a lot of things there I agree with. I think the action economy from Varklav, despite the fact that it's been limited to once per round, um, is, is still so potent, for sure. Um, you know, like Jonathan and I, we've talked a lot about board state and like scoring off the exact same board state is so efficient in this game. And even in my conversations, like, you know, in our DMs with Tommy, you know, we talk about, um, like, one activation, you can you you can get your fighters in a, in a spot where you don't have to move them. You know, even if you're playing Test of Courage, one activation can get you on three objectives and two lethal hexes if you place them right or you pick the right board. And it's crazy to think about that. And that alone, like, makes it so much harder for your opponent to disrupt you because... Like the great thing about objective play, which all of you know, but for our audience is that like if you miss hitting them, right, not only do you like fail to score cards, maybe inspire fighters, etc., as the aggressor, but you've the board state hasn't changed. You didn't kill anybody, you didn't drive them back, they're gonna keep scoring. Um and this warband's gonna inspire. Like you're gonna yeah, inspire the, a fighter. Yeah, like, that's, that's true. That's the real or they're gonna madden and cackle you. Yes. Yeah. As a Rippa's player, I'm sure you hate that card. Well, I, yeah. I played Rippa's when like Thorn, like like strongly when Thorns were absolute 100% S tier. Like in, yeah. in the heyday of Beast Grave when they were uncontested. Pardon the pun. Just the uh, and, you know, that, that matchup was always hard. And you miss and now you've got two chain rasps inspired or one chain rasp inspired 
And then we have to remember that right now we have so much defensive tech. We've got buried instinct. We've got dominant defender. Uh, we've got formidable defense. There's so many ways to boost not only the queen, like this isn't just the spectral armor kind of meta that we were used to. Like there are so many ways to get multiple fighters on three dodge in this war, but, and on guard. And make them quarries, which and, makes absolute stillness. That's another thing that people don't realize yeah. is the Varklav push. It's a free absolute stillness play. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah. the Cryptic Companions and all that. And yeah, the Queen is actually one of the best fighters in the game. She has one of the best spells in the game, which is restricted. And I think Tommy, would, I think you could argue that it's still worth it, right? The restricted slot, Howling Vortex. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's... I wouldn't have minded if that card just got forsaken. It's got... <laughs> it's, it's stronger than... Well, arguably stronger than Great Concussion because you can completely alter the your opponent's board state without having to touch yours. Don't get me wrong, there were some elements of gate concussion where you could use it to your advantage where you get to push yourself, but yeah, Howl of Voltex is a horrendous card that never should have been printed. <laughs> so I'm being completely yeah. honest. I think for me, the reason that I gave them an A and not an S is I think they are definitely powerful, and so are some other objective warbands, and that means that in the meta, you're, you would be preparing for them all. And I think that they've had so many things restricted that their power is definitely good. But if the enemy has a bunch of anti-objective tools like they should have, then I think compared to some of the other objective warbands, I don't think they do it quite as well. Um, so that's sort of where my rating shook out. Um, I think Gits and Grimwatch are probably a little bit better. Um, Skaven might be the same or better. I don't know. Um, but I think they're solid. Yeah. Okay. I guess one of the questions I have around it is like, are, are you going to take a restricted slot for mischievous spirits in an aggro deck? Yeah. Probably. You are? Probably. Wow. I'm not. I don't personally. know that I can justify it. Yeah, like, I can't, I can't <laughs> fit it in. And, and to honestly. me, you know, well, I guess Tommy and Nick, like, how about you guys? Are you like, if you're playing aggro, are you burning a restricted slot for mischievous right now? No, I really now mischievous goes Skaven and uncontested decks. That's it. I've been taking restless in some of my decks too. Restless so. is, a, is a different piece. Yeah, I think yeah. it's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, yeah. you've had a, a lot of reps with Thorns of the Rare <clears throat> Queen. Um, you've you've done pretty well in, in in Italy and online with them. Like, what is what is your vibe? on the warband like what like i i'm surprised you didn't give him an s um. so i i think they have bad matchups as tommy said uh objective removal is a thing and a lot of warbands can do it like eyes of the nine uh even seraphon can do objective clips somewhat uh feral symbiote is quite popular and can like win the day and also they die by draper they just say draper draper just going to shish kebab all those guys one after the other <laughs> Uh, I did that recently. Yeah, I think Mighty Swing is a kind of a big deal against them too. Also, Mighty Swing is a something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think right now they have like their best build is not on the Briar Queen, which was the popular one in Nightfall and maybe B script too. They have the one with like Chain Rasp that gets a weapon, get buffed up, get punched up, and go swing. But they're not better than Ghouls or Skaven for doing that. So I think that's it. I think they're quite good because, as Matt pointed out, they can everybody can just 
place them and hold four objectives and gain primacy right off the bat. And sometimes they can just outscore you right from the bat because even if you have objective removal, they can score temporary victory and purpose uh, flicking primacies with capture before you even play a card. And so sometimes the game is lost because once you flip, uh, it's already too late. But they do have like bad matchups right now, so I don't think they are they are a mess at all. Other well, than the one warband that that we've kind of thrown around, who doesn't have bad matchups? Like with thirty something <laughs> warbands, Skaven and Trevor. I still disagree about Skaven, but yeah. <laughs> I think Drepper does have a bad matchup, and I think it's against Skaven. But we will get about we'll get to that. See, in, Skaven in a bit. is an ass, told you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that um, I think we could put them in S or A, and I think we could we would be right in some way or form. Um, I think I think one of the important things to remember is that like a lot of warbands hit for two, and everyone puts Varclav. Uh, Everhang and queen in the front now and like the Everhang being four movement is so crucial to you know those swift capture plays and 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 you know maybe denying the opponent some objectives so um i think we're happy with with either or so if no one wants to change their ratings we can slot them in a but yeah i, I think they're like very very high a if not the best a warband in the game um, if, if they didn't have so many of their cards restricted at this point, I think that it, I would say they're definitely S. I think that the restrictions have kind of balanced them at A. That's very fair. They're still like right at the top of A for me. So. Yeah. Yeah. If, if they had like one less restricted card, they, <laughs> they'd be top of the top I think of that the would make pool. the difference for me. Which one would it yeah. be? Right now you have to, <laughs> I don't know. Right Wait, now you have to appearance? choose between <laughs> sudden appearance Crazy. and hidden Howling purpose. Vortex. Howling Vortex, Temporary Victory. Like it's, yeah. I don't know. It's a little tight. I don't know tight. if you know, but there's a surge that give you glory if you use a reaction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Treacherous Foe is another good one, but I think I think out of the three restricted cards, it's the weakest. Yeah, you don't, you don't take it. That existed. Like you play a card and you score a glory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, even right. Confusion and uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, Shifting Reflection? No, no yeah. the one where you just switch spots and you yeah. get a... Shifting is that what there was? Shifting Reflection? Uh, surge? Oh, no, you're thinking of... Shortcut. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah, it was so silly. I'd be like, shortcut, <laughs> buried instinct. That's three glory, two glory, whatever. Um, okay. Uh, Eyes of the Nine. Maybe, maybe they just seem so reasonable now compared to where they were before. That <laughs> Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm trying to tell you guys, but yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. all good. A is fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Eyes of the Nine is an interesting one. I think like, so we made this, like we all put our ratings in after the far list, which I think really helps <laughs> the relevancy of this because I think before the far list, they're probably better than some of the ratings they got. Um, but everyone gave them a C except for Nick who gave them a B. Hmm. Um, and so I think we can all agree that they're like a finesse war band. Um, they're very difficult to yep. play. And in fact, in the hands of the average player, you could even consider them a D. Just because, like, they have there's so much minutia around, like the blue whore and things like that. I think we're being a little um, forgiving with some of the ratings for this warband, particularly. But um, I think we can all we've all been on the brunt of, of of someone like Eric, who knows what they're doing, and makes us all regret ever talking smack about this warband, right? Um, <laughs> but um, I guess we'll start with like Nick, like you know, Eyes of the Nine. You gave him a B. So- Why is that? I think they have the highest, like the 
um, the most favorable matchups and the worst matchups at all. Like if they face another warband, it's like a piece of cake or it's a nightmare for other matchups. Because uh, against certain matchups, they just out of win because they can flip objectives like it's nothing. Like I saw Mike play the, that warband and I saw five objectives flipped in the first round. And you can like flip another and score uh, what's called coveted spoils for just flipping one. Uh, they have shenanigans at all. Like the blue aura is a nightmare because sometimes you want to attack the blue aura and tie, and that is not something you plan around because if you hit him, it's still there and it doesn't change anything. Uh, they have uh, the seatful step. It's an, another really good trick. I think you guys nailed the spot, but they're really hard to master. They're not easy to do. And sometimes they have matchups where they, they cannot do anything. Like again, Drapers just I'm going to shish about mm -hmm. all of, all five of them in a row and doesn't even care. And also some aggro matchups are pretty bad for them. Like even Gods for Nut, it's quite scary for them because they can go right for Portemis in like second activation and put him down. So but but I guess they have really great matchups and I think a good player can throw out like a Tournament favorite, if I found a good matchup, because I don't know, maybe Tommy goes with the the arrows at a tournament and find a, a skipping play, uh, an Isaac Nine player and flip all of his objectives. <laughs> Nothing you can do about it. So I think they're well, scared so, for that. Yeah, and Tommy, I think we've like talked a lot about Isaac Nine as well, just just between the two of us. And I, I you know, you're always telling me to like give them more respect. Than I, and then I, then I generally Always give them respect. I do the name. <laughs> yeah. Especially uh, the bands. There's such a, such a high skill cap warband that, yeah, also as Nick says, they've got some really horrendous matchups, but there's no better feeling than when you're playing eyes of the nine, you've got every bit of shenanigan tech available to you and you're up against a warband like crushes. <laughs> here we go this is going to be fun <laughs> I'm just going to run rings around these guys all day I'm going to score they're not even going to get to attack anyone it's going to be great uh, I chose a C for this warband because I figured in the right hands they're still a B for me still very strong but have some delaying weaknesses in the average player's hands I would say a D I'd say you really need to know what you're doing with these guys in order to pilot them so I just kind of met in the middle and thought, you know, a D is too harsh, a B is probably a wee bit glorifying them. So I thought I'd see this is the right spot for me. Yeah, yeah, right on. Jonathan? Yeah, I agree. I think that this is, I think the eyes are an interesting warband because I think initially their power, they're, they're, they're the warband with like the lowest, like obvious power level, but maybe the highest learning curve and then like highest potential power at that level like i feel like if you're a steelhearts champion player like they can only get so good you know they don't have as high of a potential they're just they're okay and then they you know you, you figure them out but um this i think is has the, a pretty wide range um as we've seen. Really high and floor is really low yeah yeah so um i think c is where mo i would put them for most people um but um yeah matt what about you do you, do you have like any experience playing whaler against the eyes so i i actually did win glass once with eyes <laughs> um you know and and it, it felt really bad because i played this full control turtle style 
and got the blue horror up to seven wounds um, <laughs> and stacked tomes on them. Uh, so uh, my uh, opponents weren't really playing the game with me. And, and I said, okay, that's enough of that. Um, but I think there's like, there's, there's room there to experiment and to do these, these kind of crazy all out builds. And I think that that's, you know, that's why they're not a D because there's the ability to move a bit farther with them and they can kind of, you know, they really have kind of a true flex style and, and have portions of each of their power cards that are going to support that. Um, but I, I think if you don't know what you're doing, you're, you're not going to do well. Yeah. They, they play a very different game than any yeah. other war band. Yeah. They, they play by itself, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's true. And a lot of people don't like that. Um, but I think you have to be prepared for it. And um, I will say, I, I liked what Tommy said. Like I was looking, I was just looking at my old tier list I made and, and I gave them a B like before the far list. Right. Because um, there were some really cool things you could do with them. But um, after that got toned down, um, I think a C is probably where I'm most comfortable placing them. Um, and I think most of us agree, if not all of us. So let's jump to Zarbag's Gits, which I think is like probably one of the most diverse set of ratings we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so myself and Tommy and uh, Jonathan gave them a B. Uh, Nick gave them an A. And... Matt gave them an S. I think I gave them an S. No, I gave, them a, I gave, Matt them, a gave them a B. Oh, I'm yeah. reading it all wrong. Okay, so Jonathan S, Matt B, Nick <laughs> A, Tommy and I B. Okay, cool. So, um, Jonathan, <laughs> why why is they an S warband? Um, I think that they're just the best of the objective warbands right now. Um, but mainly, I think you play them kind of aggro. Um, I don't know. I just don't think they have any bad matchups, really. Are you so, are you doing like a pure carnage style? I don't know if you need pure carnage. Um, you do. <laughs> but I would probably take it. Um I just think that they're going to wipe out most warbands that they play against. Um and then they are they basically can use every single card that's good right now. So, I, I just don't think they really have uh that many bad matchups. I think and I think they're better than Thorns and probably better than Grimwatch, so um, I think uh, I think I like them in an S. So, but I could really interesting. A. I wouldn't it's, put it's really, than an A though. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting that you say like they can take every single card because like that's that, that's good, quote unquote. Because like they yeah. kind of can, right? Um, yeah. But I actually still think they have some pretty big weaknesses. Um, and I think that's what holds them out for me personally. But I really want to give the floor, um, <laughs> like. I guess like Nick and Tommy play objective warbands the most, right? And so I think I definitely am curious on like why, you know, you have rated them an A, Nick, and a B, Tommy, because um, I think you guys are the experts in this particular style of play. So I, I don't give them an A for the objective play. I think it's mostly for the aggro play style, mm-hmm. because as I said before, when we were talking about Iron School Boys, they're amazing profiles, even the weakest fighters. Like the squeaker that hits on three hammers for two damages, and you don't want to hit him because otherwise you have t- two squeaks for three hammers, two damages, cleave, each, which is scary. They can punch him up, inspire attack like that. They inspire so easily. They can do 
Scrum temporary victory, they have like easy surges that put them in inspired position pretty early on. Uh, the Amberbone is a great, still great tools for them because they can trade fighters and not lose. And pure carnage helps that too because yeah, they're losing fighters, but they're you're not outscoring them for losing fighters. Uh, I don't think their objective play is so strong, especially since they lost the three close of uh, starting axe board, uh, boards that gave mm-hmm. them temporary victory in one turn. They still think need like two full turns or three for scoring temporary victory or holding three or whatever. And they don't have pushes. They just have a, a faction sidestep. Otherwise, their, their action economy is not that amazing. They don't have like uh, a pack advance card that immediately there everybody on the spot. So I think they're better yeah. at the warband than, uh, let's say, they're probably the best flex warband if Skaven weren't a thing, but Skaven are a thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think they don't do hold objective play quite as well as Thorns. I don't think they do aggro board play as well as Grimwatch. I think they're somewhere in between, but I think they're kind of a... The main thing they've got going for them is their Inspire condition. If they get that 3 yeah. really early and go to 2 dodge across the board, then it's awesome. If they don't, though, or if they come up against some very accurate aggro, mighty swing side and kind of stuff they can bleed a lot of glory very quickly and i think that's what puts them down for me as opposed to the other horde warbands yeah matt so i think that there's a lot of aggro that can really take it to them quickly and they don't have the same ability as a lot of the other objective warbands, like even despoilers in my mind to get back on the tokens easily. Um, and, and because they're giving all of the move tokens, you know, uh, to, to be able to do that scurry, they're kind of locking down their position. Um, you know, I'd say Kanan's is very similar that way with like, if you're looking at them from an, from an aggro stance. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing for me is I, I think their glory bleed is still higher. Um, and I, I think that they give up cards like bold deeds, clean kills um, very easily uh, and that they don't regain primacy very easily at all. Um, I, I think that they're a good toolbox and I think there's a lot that can be done at a high skill, but if you're playing them and you, you know, like even if you're used to thorns or Grimwatch, like you're going to bleed glory and you're going to have a hard, you know, 20 first games. Uh, and I think that that's kind of where I would sit with, with gets, I think they're a hard war band to really play well. I think that's I think, true. I, yeah. I think that's 100% true because the scurry is such a, difficult mechanic to get right it takes a lot of pre-planning especially in the like in turn zero which is placing the objectives and things like that um i actually think they're one of the few objective warbands actually that like struggle when they don't get three tokens um because because they they have such a high propensity to, to flex into that aggro that like if you can stifle them bum rushing you for lack of a better term then you can just you know kind of 300 them by like hold a small area and just keep killing them one by one um, because your fighters will be better more often than not. Um, I really like Gits. Like they, they're, they're a really fun warband to play and, and they can do so much. Um, but I think out of all of the objective warbands, I think they're the diciest 
Um, and you can maybe argue that Grimwatch could be, right? Because Crystal Well is there, but um, I think they're a solid, solid warband to play, and they can win events. You know, if they get the right matchups and they and they get the right practice. Um, but do I think they're better than Thorns or, or Grimwatch? No, I don't think so. And so wherever we rank those warbands, I would naturally want to rank them either at the end of that rank or lower. Um, but I think because there's a an S and A and three Bs, I think we're like in an A tier for this warband. Um, maybe high B tier, but you know, so, so probably they're worse than uh, Grimwatch and Thorns in their respective matchups. Like in those matchups, maybe I think the other two. I think they're better than both of those and to the all the field. All of the other warbands, all of the other matchups. I just think their ability to, to make like four or five kill shots in the first two rounds of the game. Um, and then if half of those go through, like with uh, Inspired Attack and Punching Up and all the weapons and all the damage, I just, I think they auto win against more warbands than almost anybody else. And then against the other warbands that are in the A and above, I think uh, I think they have an edge in a lot of them. But, like, but you I think you guys make a lot of good attack on a single fighter. Sometimes you, you can just spread your resources around the warband. Like one yeah. inspired attack on the squeak earlier, it's four hammers, three damages. That's a good attack. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like between the squigs, um, Drizgit and Zarbag, they've got Magorfine's stat profile, right? Um, for so yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive. Um, I also think they they like I don't think they like fighting. Um, the creepers, and I don't think anybody really does. But no. I think there's a pretty good chance that you can wipe out the leader, um, yep. and you know whichever next one is there, and then uh, and outlast them. And I don't think you play them hold objective really, but there's enough glory for holding objectives, kind of holding two objectives, things like that. I think you take all that stuff. So I don't know. I, I can see them being an A. I just think. Um, I agree. I think you guys are right that they are kind of hard to play and they can run out of steam if um, their placement isn't correct or the objectives move around too much or things like that. So, so I think the last thing that I'll say on it is, you know, uh, comparing them to other objective warbands, like I, I can't put them above Thorns and, and Grimwatch um, to that point and played as a horde aggro style. Um, to me... Canaan's uh, does it better, and and I think that that's mm. where the other part. They have a very similar movement ability, um, but they have five fighters that are honestly pretty scary, um, and and can play most of the same tricks. The hardest one being Inspired Attack that's kind of come up, but you know, like that that's kind of the one where I go. I I kind of rated them in relation to the way that I feel about Canaan's. So, yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um, Tommy, you, you were wanting to say something? Um, I just don't think they do anything much better than the other Horde Warbands. Like the, the fact that you can get kill shots in with things like Inspired Attack and Punching Up and whatnot, you can also do with Thorns. Inspired Attack is can be a very strong card on an Inspired Varklav, who's going to be on 3 Smash 4 damage as well. But the main thing that drops them behind those Warbands for me is the fact that they completely lack any ability to cut their opponent off from choice targets at the start of the game. 
thorns if they get to go first yeah. they can move the chain rasp out of the way keep the three kind of heavier fighters at the front Grimwatch have some slightly stronger fighters that they can place forward in opportune positions and make it difficult to get to the well to, to get to maybe most of the the crip ghouls but sometimes you maybe just want to offer up one to give yourself a a muster ability and things like that whereas gets it's just open season for attacks and they can they can fall prey to tempo on aggro's part for that reason that makes sense pretty much have more tricks too like different things they can surprise you with yeah yeah i think the last thing that i wanted to add which i think is a really good point tommy is i think they're also one of the few warbands where like if you stop their inspire round one they struggle um and i think they're the most susceptible to being um to start having a, sl a slow start okay right? like, can you stop them to score three glory <laughs> it's not really about you stopping them it's about did they yeah. get lucky and they they didn't they didn't have the cards they needed to do it <laughs> i mean i think i think there's i think that's another conversation that we could probably yeah. go down a rabbit hole for um <laughs> but i'm i'm very happy with putting them in a i think they're i think you guys have yeah. expressed some of their merits um i think we've pointed out some of their flaws but they're still a good warband and i think we can all agree on that so cool godsworn hunt is another fun one um <laughs> so tommy b nick a matt and jonathan b i was at a b but then i gave him a c because i just i'm i've tried they're not working <laughs> for me um that could be my personal experience and maybe i have a bias because of uh, recency but um anyone want to start off about that yeah, I guess I could start with the why I don't think they're a B. Um, so like early on, like I was like, you know, I, I really wanted to make Darkasm work. I mean, so Godsworn work in Darkasm. It was one of my goals. Um, and I, I think I've, I think I agree with a lot of their strengths. They're fast. Um, they have like pretty solid, like I guess glass bullets you can fire. Um, they're one of the few warbands that can jump from two damage to four damage with one card. Um, and there's a lot of cards that can help them get the glory they need to grab those upgrades and get those kills i think for me it's dice right like <laughs> if you miss your attacks you lose the game um there's just no two ways about it and yeah you can play augmented limbs you can you know play victimize and all that stuff but you also have to make room for like speed package you also have to make room for like you know weapons for some of your fighters like Allo, like He's not going to really do much with his bow, candidly. Um, and I think when I was starting to build a deck, it was like my cards weren't either efficient. And then when I figured that problem out, I just wasn't hitting anything. And there were games where like I hit half the time and I won, right? Because you just need to hit half the time. Um, but more often than not, it just wasn't working out. And so I don't roll well online, um, <laughs> but I'm not trying to use that as an excuse either. Like, I tried them against Dread Pageant in person against a friend. And Glissette is really hard to kill. So, <laughs> you know, that's kind of how I feel about it. It's just they're they're almost there, but it just they just require one too many tools, then there is room in the toolbox. Does that make sense? I thought for sure at least you man and Jonathan would have Godsworn at an S. <laughs> you would think you would think with the name they've for got, sure they've got the path to glory <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, right that card is an s card <laughs> you know, doing individual cards yeah. no i'm struggling with them man i think the surge limitation is kind of their the thing holding them back 
I think they were much better when you could take like seven or eight surges and then score them all together. Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) there's a few war bands that really feel it. And then everyone else, you know, may have more breathing room compared to them. But um, yeah, I mean, they, I think, I think basically you're right. Basically, if you can turn them into missiles and then roll, okay, then they're pretty decent. Um, If that doesn't happen, then they just die. And then, there's not a lot you can do, but I, th- I, I think there are, but be like, it works. It's just, it doesn't always feel like it's you doing it. <laughs> uh, I think they were held back a lot by ferocious resistance. Like ferocious resistance, basically obliterated their play style because you like, uh, buff up a fighter to kill a big fighter. So you maybe need two shots and, if you spend everything and that shot doesn't count anymore, it's gone. So that being gone is a huge buff for them. I think they are really scared. Probably not an A as I give it because their skill soft, they have a higher floor. Like you need to know what each fighter does, what to inspire, where to position them. It's not as easy to, to master them. Like they, they take a lot of skill and a lot of time. So they're not as easy as other A tier warbands. It's probably not an A as a thought, but I also think they can be really scary and you find a good players with them, you can have a bad day because like a couple of cards and you have a missile in your face that going for like force matches. Yeah, you can miss, but you can also probably hit and you don't yeah. have answers. Well, yeah, I think I would probably take Mighty Swing and Mischievous Spirits in them, but I'm still not sure if I think that they can... Uh, take the bigger war bands, which I think is probably their their main weakness, as well as you know, bad dice. Yeah, you know, um, probably Draper doesn't want to face them. No. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. No, yeah. I think I, I think I just think they're they're decent, but they don't have a lot of uh, there's not a lot of nuance to how they play. I mean, you are right; you have to know when to inspire the right ones, and you do have to build the deck to you know be able to power up fighters in different ways but and i think that the essentials pack helped them a lot and i think the far um, probably gave them a little bit of a boost but um i don't i don't think they have uh, what it takes really to get above a b anybody have anything to add on them i think i'm on is a mute i was on mute <laughs> that's right yeah yeah um so i think um one of the things I saw like lately on discord was like, you know, Tommy was defending the Godsworn, Right. And was like, you know, they're not as, as bad as one might think. And, and, you know, I, I definitely was like preaching that philosophy myself until <laughs> I guess I, I actually tried the, you know, the pudding, if you will. Um, but like, why do you think that um, they might be better than what we might be saying on the podcast? They've got some. They've got access to things that a lot of warbands don't. Their their main weakness is the fact that they're all low HP. There's six of them, and they need some level of tempo early game to get going. But if they can get access to that, the damage output they can have early game is just horrendous. <laughs> um, top that off with the fact that they've got a couple of really kind of really. Strong cards, as you're saying, Path to Glory. Um, Dark 
Destiny, I believe it's called. Yeah. Back to your kind of 50-50 survive. Um, they play into the speed package very well. They've got a really strong surge, two-story surge upgrade, worthy kill for killing a fighter with four wounds, which don't get wrong against like Gits, that's going to be a dead card, but 99% of matchups, you're going to have opportunities to score that. And it's what they want to do anyway. Um, yeah, I think they, they're they pretty much the ultimate glass cannon warband. And yeah, if you roll badly with them, same as with any other aggro warband, yeah, they'll just fall to pieces. But they are a warband that can dish out the most damage in the shortest space of time, in my opinion. And for that reason, yeah, I think that, to be what I mean, it's, it's a really good point. Um, and I think maybe in the in a, in, a, in a vacuum, like if they're rolling average or slightly above average, I think you're absolutely correct. Um, Tom Bond can do that. I can't. So <laughs> I have I have put my effort elsewhere. Tom Bond has never won glass with them. <laughs> in case yeah. anyone forgot. Yeah, in case. Well, you know, Mike hasn't said that in a while publicly, so yeah. I'm glad that you kept the train going. Matt, um, you love aggro. You like playing aggressive strategies. Um where do you think this warband sits? So I have literally never played a game with Godsworn Hunt. Um, uh, and, and it's one of the, I think, four warbands. Uncooked. Uh, <laughs> this, this man runs a blog, everyone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm an There's authority. only three-something warbands. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, yeah, I think it's one of those things where like people around me were playing them. So it was kind of like, yeah. it's really hard to get a lot of mirror matches going constantly. Yeah. Um, I think that I've rated them kind of in the baseline aggro, you know, like I think their main weakness right now is dice and, you know, if you're rolling above average, you're can be winning your games. So I, I, I put them, they, they are, they're almost beside Magors for me slightly above just because of pure carnage and, and some of the tricks that they can do with stuff like punching up and inspired attack is so good. Absolutely. Like they, they, I, I think they have a better way to spike damage than someone like a Magors. I also think they're more technical, but I rate them the two very similarly uh, right now. Yeah, completely agree. So I think let's, let's slap a B on this warband, you know, yeah. middle of the pack. Let's move on to Malog, who um, everyone gave a B, but I gave a C. Um, I'm not going to lie. There's probably some personal malice <laughs> behind that. Um, so I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. But I also think that he's like no one's really going to play him past post far. So um, does anyone want to add anything to to Malag? Um, I don't want to give. I don't know if we need to give him too much airtime, given the fact that he kind of got <laughs> neutered pretty badly. But if it's if, if we have a good conversation, let's let's do it. He'll be back. Yeah. Let me see. It's, people get used to the fact that they can't rely on double charge and start bringing in cards like Desperate Flight command stride and start pushing them around in other ways and yeah he can see he yeah. he's still moloch he can still do work so yeah if he hits two or three times in a row then he'll probably win he's, he's <laughs> still the best voltron fighter in the game like yeah. like without a doubt uh and he's just gonna do aggro and it just really depends on the card pool around him and how restrictive that's become so yeah. I think he's still imminently going to kill you and a threat you have to watch out for. Um, but, you know, 
whether whether or not he's going to show up on the other side of the table is the real right. question. Yeah, I think he's a lot like rebound the card. Like it's not good for winning a tournament, but it's amazing for letting someone lose a tournament. He will lose <laughs> a tournament because you face a monologue and it three attacks in a row and you don't have a warband. You will lose a tournament because the other guy has play rebound and yeah, it enters. Yeah, I do feel like Molag does have like a rebound type effect where it's like if your opponent rolls what they need to, it's a bad day for you. Um, I will slightly disagree that like rebound's not good for a tournament just because like I ran it in every deck in Night Vault, but maybe now. <laughs> um, but, I don't know uh, if that's a reason. <laughs> hey, man, rebound wins your games. Yep. When luck is not on your when 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 your opponent's out playing you and you need a little bit of luck, it'll it'll give you the the edge you need. Um, yeah, there but are okay, some matchups so, that Molag Like I remember playing against like a fast aggro vampires, and I was like, okay, let me just longboard you and come one fighter at a time to, to me, and I will just whack a mold you <laughs> and yeah. be done with it. Yeah, he's still a menace, you know, much to my chagrin. So um, I think <laughs> good fighter. We've talked about his strengths. Um, he can do a lot of crazy things with good dice. Uh, I guess we'll give him a B because yeah. four out of five of us gave him a B. It's also B, a shame that Molog might have to use Vision of Glory now. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's you're right. He's still got the tools, and there's a lot of pushes you can make him a quarry, give him heated instinct, and still easy to play, hard to master. But yeah, yeah, no matter yeah, what, very... you can lose to him, no matter who is, who is playing him. Yeah. True, 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 true. Especially if you're trying to kill him and you you fail and then he yep. hits you. Yeah, good point. All right, so this one is uh, is one of our favorites uh, around here on Path of Glory. Thunder's yeah. Profiteers. You're from Texas, right? <laughs> We're from Texas. Beers and beers and guns. So uh, three Bs with the two As being uh, Nick and Matt, which um, makes me feel bad because I didn't rate them A, but... Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about why this warband is still good and, and still pretty relevant to this day. Um, and I guess, Nick, because you uh, played them a lot, done really well with them in the past, um, and you're a guest, why don't you go ahead? Uh, okay, they have amazing stats when inspired, and their inspiration basically is tied on how many good surges are there for them. And right now, there are some amazing surges for them. So, yeah, th there's that. Also, they have a set of gameplay that's quite unique to them because they're going to hold to stay back, inspire, and shoot you back. So they, they're going to give a lot of trouble to a lot of warbands. Like, slow warbands that moved in your territory, they're going to get shot shoot down a lot. Like, I think in Krisha, I think in Kanan, they're going to get, like, shot a lot of times. Uh, they have really some nasty tricks and good stats, and basically that's it. So I think... A good player can take them, have a really good deck, can even win an event with it, give some hell of a matchups to others. Others have like a really suboptimal play into them. And yeah, basically that's it. I think they can win a tournament. Yeah, right on. Uh, and Matt, you you've uh, you you gave them an A as well. What's your thinking here? So so a lot of a lot of my thoughts on on my list were, were based around like where do I think the S tier uh, kind of levels out? And then how do those warbands affect the counter meta? 
Um, and so for me, if objective warbands are getting stronger, somebody that's a ranged multiple two damage range fighter that, that has a very big strength um, also becomes stronger. Uh, and so that's, that's really where Thundrix, like, you know, they can play that flex, they can play hold two, they can also shoot other people off tokens and they can deal with, you know, the, the big fighters in the game as well. So I think, I think they have a, a really good mix right now. And especially as I, I feel like Thundrix is a warband that as the meta levels and doesn't swing either strongly into objective play, strongly into aggro, strongly into control, really come up in their, their strength because they kind of do everything okay. I think it's a good point. I think it's a really good point um, with, the, with the way that they have that ability to kind of do one or the other. They can be the beat down or they, or they can let someone try to beat them down. Um, and uh, there's a lot of movement and shenanigans and uh, good surges. Um, I think there's a guy on um, like an Italian team who plays yeah, them. It's Julio. He doesn't. Okay, yeah, and he doesn't play hold objectives. He just tries to shoot you the whole way through. And I found that to be very interesting because, like, that's the way that they were kind of played in Night Vault, right? Um, they were kind so of I think in Texas. How we play in Texas? That's right. Um, uh, Tommy, you. Do you have a lot of experience playing with this warband? Um, if maybe against them, and, and wh- why do you think they uh, they're doing better than most older warbands? Not a lot of experience with or against, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I've rated them a wee bit lower at B because I found that playing against them, I usually don't have too hard a time taking them down. I think that so long as you don't offer them too many targets and make them have to spend their activations either charging or moving on the objectives. And I think if they can, they can be undone, not easily, but by using your movement against them and not presenting them with too many targets, I've found. And as a hold objective player, uh, I'm absolutely fine coming up against a warband that wants to sit back and hold two objectives. That, that's fine. I'll sit back and hold three. <laughs> it's like, so, yeah, I think they've got some weaknesses, but I do agree with what Matt said in that they are okay at being aggro, they're okay at hold objective, and they're okay at the flex thing. So, yeah, they're, they're always going to be relevant for that reason, but I don't think they quite reach A tier just yet. Yeah, I think, I think those are some good points because, like, I'm thinking about it. Like, what happens when they lose boards? So you might give them three objectives, um, but then you have the same hold two strategy. So then, you know, does it does it come down to who's relying on maybe getting some eliminations more than the other, um, or or if they miss, then you're just going to keep holding three, right? So it's just this this. I I really like I want them to do really well, but and they have some crazy fighter stats, right? They like they can all go to like or three of them can go to. Four plumes or higher. Uh, Thundrix on two block. They've got toxic gases. They've got their own version of insensate. They're take one of the, the sky th- vessel. take the sky vessel. Yeah, then they're one of the few warbands where they can. They have like you can take three great fortitudes. You know, because they've got a faction one as well. So I mean, they're they're pretty tough. Um, and Eternal Chase and some of those other cards can overcome that slow factor. Um, 
They can double down on soundless tap and dual speed. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Lund has his own uh, dualist speed as well, too. which I've, I've messed around with. Yeah, it's an overkill. Yeah, so I actually think um, I think Tommy's right that they have some glaring weaknesses. But then Matt, you're also 100% correct that you know, in the in, in the hands of a, someone who knows what they're doing, they can kind of do. They don't have a bad matchup, but they don't necessarily have good matchups either. They're just. I think at that point they just can I make this work in my favor, um, which I think is. Is not a bad place for any Warhammer Underworlds warband to be, right? Because if you can, if you have a game into any warband, and you're not necessarily having a bad game into most warbands, I think you're. It's not bad, honestly. Also, I don't think Drapper are happy to face them. Yeah. So that's a plus for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, what do you think about the warband? Um, I think basically, I think that Nick was. I think Nick mentioned their Inspire, and I think that that's their kind of their biggest issue for me right now. Um, the, the rounds when you only have one surge in your hand, I don't think you're going to toss those out most of the time because I don't think they tend to have a ton of glory. And then only having one inspired fighter in the first round, I think can be tough. Um, I think that, I think you guys are right that they don't have a ton of bad matchups, but I think, I just don't know if they're as consistent as I need an A warband to be. Um, but, they're right on the bubble for me. Um, I do like how flexible they are. They can play objectives. They can do aggro okay um, in that they're probably just going to kill stuff over the course of the game. Um, they can do the speed package, which is good because they have the balloon guy. Um, I don't know. I may just be comparing to them how good they have been in the past before the surge limit, and it's difficult for me to um, think that they're that good. But I think they are consistent. Um to me, I, I think the top of the B is the place for them, especially when I think about the other things I have in the A tier or that we've put in the A tier already, like Thorns and Skaven and Gits. Like, I don't think they're quite at that level. So, Yeah, I think if, if three people are at Bs and two people are at As, I think we can just say top of B is where yeah. we want them. But certainly playable. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Um, next one, uh, Atharis Guardians, um, a warband that you know was very strong at one point in the game. Uh, but have suffered. Everyone gave them a D except for Nick, who gave them the C. Um, so I think um, maybe Nick, if you want to kind of just talk about why you gave him a C, and then um, I think I would love to hear Tommy's thoughts since he's won a Grand Clash with them as well. And then if we have anything else to add, so we I can think, stay on there. I think their power level is similar to the new Luminous. Just the Illuminate are more popular right now. They can do a Feed the Beast Crypt deck somewhat, somehow. Their stats are pretty similar. They have somewhat good objectives. They have somewhat good surges. I don't think they're spectacular. I will be shocked if they win a tournament. But I don't think they're just like that bad as other older warbands that basically don't have a, a reason to be played. Like if I if the Illuminate came out in season two and those guys in season four, probably you will switch their places in meta. Hmm. I think I disagree with that, but but Tommy, um, what's up? The warband tries to do too many things at once, and they they can be masters of a best of one tournament, 
because you need to figure out what they're actually trying to do in order to beat them sometimes. But you can play a really kind of Voltron-style aggro with Gangan and do some kind of mediocre work. You can do a Feed the Beast Grave-style thing with Uktari and, again, do some mediocre work. Um, but as soon as your opponent knows what your game plan is, they've got a single target that they can just go all in on. And most of the time, it's Uktari, who's three wins, two dodge, which is not a hard defensive profile to overcome in this meta so I find that they just they just crumble most of the time they can function but it's it's never as Nick says they're never going to win a tournament so and I think they're too high a skill cap to do anything average with for the average opponent the average player sorry so that's why they're a D for me yeah right on right on Matt uh, you've talked a lot about dread pageant and purifiers on your content and, and on other uh you know podcasts you, what do you think about nick's comparison between uh purifiers and guardians so it's funny i was about to bring up dread pageant you know in comparison because <clears throat> both of the the core diarchasm warbands are toolbox warbands and that was kind of what was novel about eltharis at the time was you had four fighters doing four different things um where we've seen that way way more commonly especially in the dire chasm season where we've got you know uh i think Six it was four fighter warbands i was gonna make an exaggeration say eight thousand, but uh, <laughs> you know like like we we've had a four fighter warband dearth and so i think that there is always a warband that's going to do it better and has better tools um and i think that there are so many warbands i love Eltharis guardians they're like soft spot for me too um and I've tried to make them work. I, ironically, I've been playing, I think it's Avatar of Vengeance, which is a surge for having one surviving friendly fighter. Um, and it's surprisingly consistent, which is a sad thing <laughs> when, when you're like, oh, I know I'm going to only have one fighter alive. Uh, but I, I just think it's really hard to make a strategy that's consistent over a couple games. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I have anything to add. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I think, um, I, I think Miari's purifiers are are a little bit different uh, in that they've got better cards um, and better defensive profiles, um, and then there's maybe not such a strong reliance on each individual fighter doing something, whether it's like Voltron and Galligan or doing some shenanigans with uh, Othari. Um, but you know, I could be wrong. Um, but I think. I think we can all we're gonna put them in D because it's four out of four out of five here, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna jump on to Iron Souls Come Dumbners, which I don't think is gonna take a lot of time either. Um, unanimously D's all around. Yeah. So um, Matt, I know that you really tried to make them work <laughs> in one of your online blog posts. Um, how did that experience go for you, and why did you end up giving up on them? Very poorly. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, and I know I did a skirmish then it was zero and three. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, they're very hard. They have some of the best stats in the game. Um, and I really love their stat blocks. And I think there, there's some really good, you know, like they, they are a better steel arts champions in some ways from a stat perspective. Um, they have, they have a bit more that they can do. I think they have some powerful, uh, cards. Uh, they also have a distraction. They've got some decent upgrades. Um, it's it's literally finding a way to score with them. That is the challenge. And if you're not rolling crits to inspire, 
like like the game is already lost if you can't inspire. Um, yeah. yeah There's a knockback warband, and knockback is not a thing in this game. <laughs> <laughs> it especially wasn't. <laughs> I tried this when Deserved Confidence was unrestricted. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> not happening. Yeah. Also, their their better best surge is pretty bad because you don't want to like push back fighters. You want to kill fighters. Yeah. It's all about. The I really feel like prowess. they needed it. Pardon. <laughs> all about martial prowess. Three successful attack actions for two away surge. If you can score that, you're doing well. Yeah. <laughs> But you've probably already won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say I like I like Brodus a lot. Um, and uh, I do think they have some really cool upgrades. Um, it's just getting the glory to, to play those upgrades is the, is the hard part for sure. So um, unfortunately, the Iron Souls Condemners are condemned to the worst rank in the game. Uh, <laughs> let's go to Lady Harrow's Mournflight, a warband that has done exceptionally well since their inception. Um, a warband that... Is always, always, always hanging out near the top, and uh, it's so funny. We gave D's to every everyone gave a D to Condemners, but everyone gave an A to Mournflight. So we can all agree that they're one of the best warbands in the game. Um, I know Jonathan, you haven't played a lot of Mournflight um, in the past, and you know you had done this really cool article uh, on Path to Glory that uh, um, you know yeah. detailed your win, and so I, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on, on the one flight. Yeah. Um, I think that they, um, they're just very powerful at the hold two style. Um, they have, I think two of their own cards that support that style. Um, they have their own, uh, dominant position, which is really good. Um, they have, they, ha- they had some really, really good surges that I think are two of them are now restricted. I think, um, mm-hmm. and they're really, their only weakness is losing, more than two fighters. Um, once you can kill three of them, they kind of sh- they kind of lose their ability to score a lot of things. Um, but they just have they're just so good before that, and then they they start at two dodge, which is really really good. Um, their inspired sides are pretty incredible um, on basically the three that you do anything with, <laughs> which is the three that are not the uh, widow and um, the. The name is escaping me, but the card that makes it so that you can't play any cards is just incredible. Chilling Scream? Chilling Scream, yeah. That one's just crazy. Why is that card printed? (laughs) (laughs) I think think Tommy Tommy played that card one time against me, and I was like, oh my goodness. You can kind of save all your cards to like disrupt them right before the end phase. Yeah, can't do that. Not today. (laughs) I don't think that was actually Chilling Scream. I think that was when I played No Time. Or thorns, like oh, you can double down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think I think Jimmy at one point was running like a no time chilling scream deck, and I was like, dude, you need to just leave immediately. <laughs> um, this is to be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt, you wrote a, an article on your blog um, t- talking about why they've done so well consistently. Um, do you agree with Jonathan's thoughts? Is there anything else you want to add about why the warband is so good? So th- they can play any style. In any season, um, you know the, the 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 main weakness I actually think for them is that they all start on two fury except for um, uh, Lady Hera herself. They they they're one of the least accurate warbands in the game. Uninspired, <laughs> uninspired, uninspired. But their inspiration isn't easy. 
So, but I think that they can easily play any of the styles. They're really good at being defensive. They're really good at sitting and staying on tokens. Um, they're, they, I will say that they have the best faction cards out of any warband. period. Yeah. They have the best faction kit. Yeah. I was having this conversation with Tommy some times ago. I think we found out that like they have like 12 potential cards that could go restricted. Like even their bad cards, are good. <laughs> they have a damage oh, that does three damages. They have a weapon that does three damages. Nobody plays it, but there's that. <laughs> I, I was playing it recently. Yeah. Uh, it's no, a good card. Yeah, early in the season before we got stuff like Silent Sword and Soultooth Dagger, like that card was amazing. Like I played early, like the, the kind of edited Vanguard, and, and it was just like I, I killed Thundric in the first activation in one of my games. Um, wow. because I had the, like I raked him across a lethal and pushed him back into it. Um, after a two damage attack, it was just like, oh, like there we go. Yeah, they uh, have an upgrade that's an action that can make you crush an upgrade like three axes away or two axes away. That's a lot. Yeah, it's three axes away. Three axes yeah. away, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't even go away all the time. No, it's no, random when they can keep doing it. Yeah. 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 It's also that like Lady Mournfight is just a great fighter. Um, because like death has this whole if, if you're familiar with the lore right like all warhammer death factions like the armies they all have strong leaders because it kind of keeps the the, the necromantic powers or whatever going and so like we see that in underworlds a lot where like the leaders are really strong um it, ridiculously so in some cases and and lady mournfight is one of those really strong fighters where she can like kill your warband <laughs> if but you so know can, if you're, but so can yeah. the anguished one yeah, like yeah. who goes up to four wounds and then you can't crit out against her. Yeah, like they're they they have some of the most bonkers, you know, abilities and stats too. So yeah, every uh, single one has a has a, has a has a trick, and like you put fighters for Rossi on on the on the, the well the other one, and she can do like five damage or something. Like it's yeah, the maiden, honey, the maiden, yeah, screaming maiden. And you can uh, never tell uh, which fighter is which fighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's another good one. Yeah. I think we call them like up, down, left, right. Um, yeah. That's yeah. They're all kind of doing a Power Rangers pose when you put them all together. Um, yeah. I think I think we talked about good warband, uh, great fighters, amazing cards. Yeah. Um, and, and even with two of their faction surges restricted, they will always be relevant. Because worst case scenario, you just take their restricted faction cards. Um, so, uh, good stuff there. Um, let's jump to the Beast Grave season, mm-hmm. and we'll start with Grashrax spoilers. Um, I think we'll give we'll give Lady Mournflights an A for sure. Uh, the spoilers, I gave him a B. Tommy and Nick gave him a C. Matt gave him a B. Jonathan gave him a C. So, um, I think uh, I guess I don't, I don't really know. Does anyone want to start with this one? I think Tommy played him last time, so probably is the guy. Yeah, it was a... With teeth. <laughs> it was a tough choice to put them in C because I think in the right hands they can still actually be very strong. They've got some great faction cards. They've got access to their own temporary victory. Uh, I find that going down to a six-model ward can make you feel like you're lacking at times when you're up against aggro. But at the same time, they play a very strong aggro game themselves. So I struggled between B and C for them. 
Um, I would be happy with either or. Uh, they play the they play the whole objective game very well, especially with uh, Korsh and the fact that you can just teleport across the board to do things like swift capture and whatnot. But um, their main thing that they have going from for them, of course, is the uh, is it Drachnar, someone that hit mm-hmm. three damage with two smash and a reroll at the start of the game. Yeah, he's terrifying. So I think it's a whole objective warband. They just fall short because they lack the numbers. But they do play a very strong flex game, so yeah, it's hard to it's hard to place them properly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think that's a good the, point. Their power level depends on how your card order goes. Like if you draw your temporary victories at the end of the of their deck, you're gonna lose that game. They're both up front. You probably have a good shot of winning because you have sitting on a lot of glory and you can upgrade them. Stuff like that. They don't have like the best aggro. They don't have the best old objective. Probably they don't even have the best flex. But ca- they can be scary in some games. They can be problematic in some games. Yeah, I like to compare them a lot to Starblood Stalkers, right? Because like they kind of function very similarly. I think any warband that has an infaction temporary victory, I think, is is makes it to where you kind of don't take it in purpose, and you're gonna go. In fact, so in this their case, Despoilers, Temporary Victory, and Fleeting Primacy, because you just score five, five glory potentially out the same board state. Um, and Vile Invaders is a great card. It's similar to Pack Advance. And Korsh, you know, you see Starblood Stalkers take uh, Beast Trail a lot, but like you don't need to with this Warband because Korsh does the same thing, right? It's built in Beast Trail, if you will. Um, and and I, I agree, like the, the ritual counters, you know, this is something that we explored very early in the, in the Beast Grave season, where it's like the ritual counters just reload themselves. Hit, kill, ritual counter, hit, kill, ritual counter. Um, and so for that reason, like I think I like them in B because I think they, they can score pretty well and they can go aggro when they want to. Um, my challenge is like Drakonar should be four wounds because he's just it's bigger than Grashrak. Um, and so like when I looked at the warband, I thought he was the leader the first time, you know, <laughs> um, before they shared the fighter card. So um, I think they're... I think they're a better version of Blood Reavers um, because they kind of do the same thing and they have so many similarities, but they can yeah. play into the hold objective, guaranteed glory style of play, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think you know the spot. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, they are a C, but they're close to being a B. I think their cards are good. I think the problem is their stat line is a little bit lacking. Um, and their Inspire is very matchup dependent. Um, getting the two kills to Inspire is hard. And then once they've Inspired, they don't really get that much better, um, which can be frustrating. So, um, And I think Lizard Men do most of what they do much, much better, which kind of... Which doesn't really direct to affect their power, but it makes me want to play them less. <laughs> yeah, Matt, any any thoughts on Despoilers before we jump to uh, the Wild Hunt? No, I, I think they do that punching up weapon caddy style as as good as anybody else, except that they get rerolls, um, you know, through their kind of innate mechanism, and they've got a few fun tricks. So, um, kind of got them in that middle middle zone for that reason. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think we have three C's and a B, so we'll just stick them in C. 
just due to weight of numbers. I think we've been doing that for most, but um, Wild Hunt is an interesting one as well. Um, very similarly rate, rated here. Uh, as you can imagine, uh, I gave him a B. So did Nick and Jonathan and Matt and Tommy gave them a C. Um, so I think, I guess I really like this warband, so I might just start this one. Um, but uh, I really like the fact that they're fast. They can do a lot of damage quickly, um, but they don't necessarily um, have like, and they have good surges. I think that's what supports them. And that's what I think puts them above Godsworn Hunt for me is that um, I can reliably score my surges and I have some great infaction and face cards. And I'm not necessarily relying on upgrades to to do the damage. And I think Snare is a big part of that. And maybe even Lethal Ward in some cases. Um, I think Scathe is a monster. But he doesn't... Like, you can lose him in round one and still win the game. Um, but I think he's just such a big, like... Like, distraction. Right? Like, he's just a giant billboard. Your opponent gets fixated on him sometimes. And they kind of focus on expending resources to kill him. Because if they don't... Like that scything attack is, is nothing to, you know, to scoff at. Um, and you can give him a great strength or a, another quick, you know, upgrade. And, you know, he can like do four damage on two of your fighters, potentially on three fury, which is pretty accurate attack. Um, uh, the, I like how like Shiok has cleave, which I think is pretty useful. Three smash cleave when inspired is pretty good. And I like how you can control the inspire. Like if you charge someone, unless they die, which you should be smart about where they're charging, they will inspire. Um, and I also kind of like the simplicity behind the warband. You're just going to play aggressive. Um, I've tried lost pages. I think it's possible. Um, but um, even cards like... Uh, what's the card where you can like search your deck for anything? Bagatrix. Bagatrix. Like, even that's a fun card. You stick that on a fighter who you're not maybe really want to charge with. Search for your snare. And they didn't do anything, but they'll inspire. Um, and I think that's fun. Um, I think there's a lot of bias here because I think they look really cool. Uh, but I have found them to do better than most warbands that want to charge you. And pretty obviously that they will charge you. Um, okay. And maybe that's just because I put more effort into them than the others, right? I'm going to fight you agree. on something. I think they look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Shiok cool. is going on a blue steel or a manium or something. But why? Is... Hey, man, if you don't like Zoolander, then <laughs> <laughs> I love Zoolander, but why? I don't know why this guy no. is doing it while jumping over a pond or something. I think it's the first time I saw a warband, <laughs> and maybe this is why they're not that good because we're talking about the miniatures rather than the playstyle. But um, I think it's the first time I saw a warband that just like I was like, oh, this is what they can do with these miniatures. That's really cool. Um. Because they're just so dynamic, but no, I, I think you're the spot. Also, this season favorite warband that charges in your territory and hunters, and they do both of the stuff pretty well. So, I, I think they have a really hard round one, and I think that that's one of my things. Is like you can say that, but I think bold deeds is really hard for them because you're not going to charge Legain early, and so you have to count on them getting to Legain. So your positioning is really hard if you're playing rush to the territory, because how do you make it so that you can guarantee that you're getting all of your fighters in and that they're killing Legain? Because he's not a hunter for things like the hunt advances. And 
you know, like you need everybody if you're doing bold deeds. So I think they're, I think that they're really technical, which I think is part of like, I really love the Warband and I've actually played them a ton as well. Um, but I think they're really hard to do well with. That's what I felt with them. They're a five man Warband that feel like a three man Warband, in my opinion, because you don't take weapons with them because weapons are going to be pretty much useless on Scaith, uh, Shiok, and the Carthane. Carthane. You can't use it on again. So if you're taking any weapons, it's purely for the archer, which is hard to justify. So right away, Legain and the Archer are they're okay, but they can mostly be ignored. So as long as you go for those key fighters and ignore the other ones unless it really suits you, then they can just fall apart really quickly for me. Yeah, I would say I put them... I, I think about them in the same way I do Godsworn Hunt, but I don't think they're quite as good right now. Uh, but I would still put them in B. I think they're functional. Um, I think they're better than most of the other sea war bands so far. So, but I, I think that's really a good likes... point. With the Legain is a Legain is in the way right now with a, what you would really like to do with them. Yeah, he's always been like a, a liability for sure. Um, yeah, I I just really like the fact that they have like Hunt Sand and Slay the Corrupted. I think it's a great call in this in this meta. Um, but I think it can be, you know, you're absolutely correct. Like Nick, they have got some bad matchups as well. So um yeah, I think I think C is probably fine. I think I'm I'm just biased. And so I want to <laughs> rate them higher because I want to see them do better. But I'm aware of that. Uh and then everyone else gave them a C. And then Jonathan said they're not as good as Godsworn. So um <laughs> I think the top of C would be fine with me too. So I can put them at C. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um it hurts, but you know, you gotta accept it. So <laughs> We'll jump to uh, probably one of the strongest warbands ever to grace face of the earth here, uh, the Grimwatch. <laughs> um, Tommy, myself, and uh, Matt gave them an S, and Nick and Jonathan gave them an A. So, um, who wants to take this this beast? I think I think Nick, you're playing them right now, right? Yep. Yeah. So why don't you give us the the, the, the lowdown on why they're so good? So uh, I think right now they're the warband that resurrect the most, even more than probably skeletons, because they can do the hunt advances and treasure hunters really good, and you want to like uh, beef up the crypt ghouls because they can attack multiple times. Back advance works for them, so they, they have a lot of stuff for um, being in enemy territory, holding objectives in enemy territory, because that's also give a problem to your opponent, because if you ignore the Crypt Ghouls, they're going to score, but if you go after the Crypt Ghouls on objectives in your territory, they're going to inspire, and when inspired, they have amazing stats, as we all know, and they're a problem. So I think right now, the end phase objectives and the upgrades and probably some um, Gambit's favorites them to be like a really high-rated high warband, uh, they have bad matchups. Like they suffer drappers, they suffer objective removal, they suffer thorns because thorns can occupy all the objectives they are trying to get to right from the bat. And there's a ton of work from getting those objectives back. And they suffer some matchups that are going to inspire because a lot of warbands are going in your territory 
And when they're not inspired, they're pretty fragile and pretty weak. Okay. It's a good summary. Um, Matt, you gave him an S tier. Would you, do you have any additional thoughts or to counter some of Nick's points? Um, I really think that, you know, I, I think Nick's points about treasure hunters and splitting the, the kind of thing. That's, that's actually a really big positive for me. Um, I, you know, I still maintain that like any warband really has bad matchups depending on what it is like, um, and, um, and I think that, I think that most of the bad matchups for ghouls, they can still inspire off of, they can still use their myriad pushes to get one or two fighters out of the territory. Um, because I think it's really a lot of the, you know, the big aggro that's going to take them out. Um, there may be like an asterisk ground vampires. Um, but they, they've still got really good stats. They've still got the ability to get an early kill with Gristlewell, especially if they place their lethal correctly. Um, I, I think they're still scary. Um, and I think, you know, with me rating objective play higher um, is one of the main reasons that they're in S. Like if, if Thorns are there, I think they're like right behind them. Okay, right on. Tommy, you've, you've, uh, you've had reps with Grimwatch and, and, I think you. It's very easy to compare them between Thorns, Gits, and Guard, right? Um, and you gave this Warband an S, and you gave Thorns an A. Why? Why are Grimwatch um, the best? Mainly because they can come back. So there's a couple of very strong weapons in the game right now with Soultooth Dagger and Silent Sword. So by the way to bring fighters back on the board with those weapons is just epically strong. Um, I find that a lot of players struggle to rate them highly because they spend too much time trying to inspire rather than just doing what they do best and just cover the board, cap your objectives and kill things. Uh, I think they, they're a warband that even in matchups that they don't like, they can still pull off a victory like, in a lot of cases. There's no matchups you go into where you're like, I'm definitely going to lose this with Grimwatch. And for that reason, I just felt they were a bit higher. The, the only reason I rated them slightly higher than Thorns is because they can do just about everything Thorns can do, but they can also return and access enemy territory a bit easier than Thorns can. Uh, granted, Thorns do very well in the Grimlocks they always have, but that doesn't necessarily mean that um, they're better overall, in my opinion. Right. Jonathan, you you've... You really like Grimwatch. You think you, I think you've compared them to Skaven a lot in the way that they play at times, um, and you've done really well with them, uh, even at Las Vegas Open. Where do you? Why do you think they're not an S tier? Um, to me, I think it's that they. I don't know. I have a hard time putting a lot of these in S, but I think um, I think it's a matchup issue. I don't think they have a great. I think they have a number of matchups that aren't great, particularly the other A tier stuff, I feel like is um, they just have 50, 50 matchups into a lot of the A tier stuff. So um, like thorns and I think gets, and I think, I think Skaven and Harrow's we've done so far. I think all of those are like, just going to be pretty brutal fights between those war bands. So I just think they're about on an even footing with a lot of the other, um, other things we think are good right now. 
Um, they are very flexible and maybe that's what maybe puts them ahead um, for me. And like the, they can take beast trail, which I think is a big deal um, with the leader around. Um, the weapons are really good. So yeah, I mean, it's a, and the difference between a and S is really hard to, um, to do for me, but yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I guess I, I've been playing them in person lately just because yeah. I wanted to like see, I was, it was actually in preparation for this episode and um, I played against Ripa's. I played against dread pageant. I played against uh, Starblood stalkers and the spoilers. And I didn't drop a single game because it was just so easy. You just jump on three objectives and then if they miss their attacks, or if you can confusion or push back on, you're going to score your glory. Um, and it was yeah. just kind of trivial. Cause it was like, Oh, I score in the name of the king. And then my opponent will be like, all right, I'll charge one of your fighters. And then, you know, they miss or they kill someone and then power step, you sidestep someone on or you confusion. And then it's like, Oh, I just scored temporary victory. Cause I just drew into it. And then like, Oh, I just drew fleet. It scored fleeting primacy. And it's like, it's like, I think the biggest thing with Grimwatch is like, not only are they just great faction cards, they're all hunters for some reason. Um, and they have like, they have the ability to resurrect and, and be weapon caddies, but it's like a psychological effect. It's like, <laughs> I, I have the potential to score five glory for doing nothing. I have pack advance, which is a, a crazy push. And my bat can score gathered momentum for no reason. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's just that I just think it's so silly. Like it was like my opponent's a great, he's a good player in the, in the area and it was effortless just <laughs> scoring 20 plus glory every game. It was, it was ridiculous. One card that and I've just never had. Go ahead. One card I think is very highly underestimated in the Grimwatch portfolio is Recycled Riches. Is they have yes. a very strong uh, faction ploys and Napoleon Visage and Pack Advance, and the fact that they can potentially double Pack Advance through Recycled Riches is just like there's no amount of pushes that can cover for that. Yeah. So it's just another another tool that they've got. They've, they've got access to everything. They're, they're definitely not so high in S tier that they're guaranteed to win everything, but they just they can do just about anything. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I think if it's you, more similar to Profiteers than the other S warbands because, like you said, they don't have bad matchups. They don't even have like amazing matchups. Look at the other guys on A tiers or that will be on S tiers. What are the matchups that they can absolutely dominate without a problem? Like, it, yeah, you can win with Ripa. You can win with Dread Pageant. You can win with uh, Creepers. But you have auto win on them? I don't think you have. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fair. I just think, I think that's a great way to pay it. They've got game into everybody. Um, and they don't, they don't, they, they can roll into anything, I think, pretty decently. I think I think the defining fact for me is it just feels so effortless. Like I, at times, I just feel like they play themselves. You playing with three old three searches, right? Yeah. I have only one, and I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So we'll yeah, give him an S because we'll give him an S. Yeah. Yeah. I think we converted Jonathan, and <laughs> three of us have given him an S. So we'll jump to rip a snarl flanks, snarl fangs. Um, Everybody gave them an A, except Jonathan. He gave him an S. Um, so, uh, Matt, since you are the like de facto Ripa's dude on the planet, give us the lowdown, man. 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, Ripa is, is a warband that is very good at throwing out multiple attacks. And and once again, like, I think that they strongly set at the top of A if objective warbands are, are good, um, because their main strength to me is the double elimination. Uh, it, it's effectively like, you know, uh, every attack has a redo on it, um, which is one of the things like, oh, I'm not, I, I'm not going to push you off the objective because I missed my attack. Well, I'll attack you again. Uh, and, and I think that that's the main strength of the warband. Like they have such good speed, good positioning, uh, a variety of range, excellent, excellent faction cards. Um, and they do their best into horde warbands. And so if war, horde warbands are stronger and we've got thorns up high and Grimwatch up high, Rivas naturally goes up high as a counter to those warbands. Um, I, I've thought that they've struggled a lot through the Dire Chasm season. They don't do primacy well. They're the worst primacy warband, you know, in the game. Um, in, in my opinion, like at least Far Striders can get up to three damage pretty easily on inspiring Eagle Eye. Rippa's like the snarl, the, the snarl fang attack doesn't doesn't gain you primacy 99% of the time, unless you're using it in the activation. So it's really hard for them to, to play. And, and then with the big boy meta and ferocious resistance, they've, they've had a really hard time this season and still performed well. Uh, so I, I think that if we're saying that hordes are doing well, we still got the solid speed. Um, you know, they, they, they're still very relevant. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Tommy is someone who plays objective warbands and, and has, you know, probably doesn't like when they see rivers across the table. Like, where do you think this warband stands? If you'd asked me pre far, I'd have probably been on S as well. I think they had a really fun time with a lot of their objectives. They were just scoring regardless of whether they killed anything or not. Um, I think for a lot of the objectives, they, they only had to score maybe one or two, and then just, just do what they want after that. They'll be scoring regardless. Now we've had the far list out. Voltron isn't quite as strong, and there was maybe one or two rip one cards. Was it just Cruel Hunters that was restricted? Mm -hmm. I'd say that just brings them down a peg slightly. Also, people are starting to learn how to kind of deal with rippers. You know, they're, they're you know they're going to come in. So, you know, you just need to get ready to just try and wipe out maybe one of them or try and split them up, make it difficult for them to decide where to charge and things like that. They're, they're a solid, solid warband. But, um, their weaknesses are they live, in, they live and die by the dice. Same with most aggro warbands, maybe more so than in our warbands. And also the fact they're only they're three fighters and their inspire condition is controlled by the opponent. Yeah, so for that, that's actually a really good they're, point. They're still a solid A, but I don't think they'll ever be S for those reasons. Yeah, it's actually really interesting. Like, Ripa's is one of those few warbands where it's like, I don't care how accurate my dice are. Through sheer weight of numbers, you know, I hope to to, to eliminate your warband. Uh, Jonathan, you gave him an S, right? So after hearing the, the um, you know, Matt and Tommy, uh, and I guess Nick has you know, stepped away for a little bit. What do you... Oh, okay, cool, perfect, good timing. What do you think about the the warband? Which warband? 
<laughs> no, no, Jonathan. Jonathan, Jonathan. You're muted, by the way. Sorry. Uh, the reason I gave the rip as an S um, was probably a little speculative. Um, I haven't actually played them, <laughs> this one, um, this, this recent meta, but I think that they seem like they have really good game into everything else that I think is strong right now. Um, I think I think A is probably, like I'm perfectly fine with it being an A. I just think they do um, what they do the best. I think they're the best elite warband right now. Um, yes, fighters can be popped by a lot of the damage that can come out in the power step right now. But I think that Rippas are one of the more likely to survive that because double dodge can be really annoying. Um, they have some really good defensive upgrades. And um, even if the leader dies or one of the, you lose two of the fighters, I feel like they can still do a lot with just one fighter. Um, so I, I think that's probably why I gave them an S. It's just that I think they're the best of their archetype. Um, and I think they have really good game into everything else in the A and the S tier. Um, but uh, but I'm, I'd be fine with an A. Yeah, I'm fine to defer to people that actually play them. <laughs> right on. Uh, Nick, um, I guess would you want to round out our thoughts on Rippus? Why they are an A uh, warband? I don't know if you guys already said that, but I think they're probably the most fun warband and the most balanced <laughs> and rounded warband i think all their games are like fun and entertaining and pretty close i think they have pretty much a game on everything and they can lose it also to everything because a lot of things can go on uh, i think they're quite good right now because hunters aggro be in your territory be in your face unafraid stuff like that so. right on. yeah okay well good warband uh warband that seems to do well when Objective Warbands are doing well, ton of fun. And overall, rank A. Let's jump to the Worm Spat. Um, this is another mixed bag. Um, I haven't really played them much, so um, but I gave them a C. So did Nick and Jonathan. Tommy gave them a B. Matt gave them an A. Um, so Matt, I guess convince us as to why <laughs> they're an A Warband. So it's one of those things where I think this is personal experience. Because you play against me. Beardarm? Exactly. I play against Dave Beardarm on, on Discord, and, and he's been playing them for years. Um, and, and like, it does kind of, like, like they're right on the cusp between B and A for me. And I bumped them up just because, like, once again, I, I think the objective, uh, I, I think they're really good into hordes. Um, and I think we've got ping damage like we haven't in a long time back. Um, so I, I think that they've got a really good toolkit right now to do the things that they need to do. Um, do they have bad matchups? Sure. But I, I've always thought they're solid into hordes and they can, they can do their own kind of messing up with elites. I think they're really hard to get primacy against, which is one of the, one of the things that boosts them up for me. Um, you know, you might have that four damage attack and one block might mean you're not getting primacy really off of anybody but Fecula. And uh, and I think that that's, you know, a, a really scary prospect. Um, Gilgotch is very accurate throughout the game, you know, uh, and Sepsimus can be a beast. So I think right now they're they're in a surprisingly good place. Um, and that's, that's kind of where I've uh, settled on it. Right on, right on. Okay. Um, Tommy. You don't really play against someone who's rocking this warband as their main warband. Why do you think there would be? 
please come on steve <laughs> oh oh that's right yeah you're playing in steve a lot that's right yeah uh, um i'd say that i'd be purely because scoring can be difficult and tricky for them they're a warband with a very high skill cap but i think a lot of their power is hidden and that their main strength is stopping the opponent being able to score so as that says they are a nightmare to kill they're a nightmare to score primacy off of they've got lots of ping damage so they can really focus down key targets and just oh, just an absolute nightmare to deal with um as a horde player they love things like lethal ward collapse and just, yeah they Whenever you look at a Wormspat deck, it looks like it's never going to function that well. It's always low glory. It's always just full of random stuff. And then you play against it and you're like, you're like my 22 glory deck is scoring seven against them. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so yeah. For that reason, I think it's it's always hard to see why Wormspat do well, but um, I'd say they're a, a very solid B. And maybe even higher in the, in the right hands. Nick, what about you? So, uh, I think they're really hard to master and really hard to do well with. I think a lot of new players, I saw a lot of new players uh, take them and bring them to a tournament because people love uh, Nargle. Nargle is something that people like, apparently, I don't know why. And they do poorly. They do really poorly because they don't have amazing stats. Their inspiration is quite difficult. And once they lose Septimus, they lose a lot of punch. Also, I want to I add and be controversial here that if you don't lose easily Primacy, you're not favorite in this meta because everything to prove is the best surgery is right mm -hmm. now. And the fact that you cannot play it makes them like uh, a rank lower. Uh, I don't know. Probably there are some good players that can do wonders with them, but we can do the same with Eyes of the Nine, and I don't think they are like that better than Eyes of the Nine. They don't have like so many matchups they can do so wonders with. And yeah, sometimes you cannot deny a lot of stuff to your opponent, but I don't think you are favorite to winning a lot of matchups here. Like, where what are the matches that they are going to win no matter what? The, the, what are the matches they're going to against Ripa? But besides that, I don't. I don't think they're favored into anything. Really. But what are, what are they really bad into? No, like, no. like honestly, right now, like like I, I consider them in that kind of like you don't really have any great matchups. You don't really have any terrible matchups. Yeah, hmm. I think that's fair. But I think what I like with Nick said is like if you take Beard Arm and or Dave and Steve out of the equation, right? Like, is the Warband going to have those great matchups? No, like totally true. I think the other thing that I was going to say, though, is that was, you know, right when Hrothgorn was releasing, like we were in a very different meta when they came out. If a new player picked up this warband now, I think they'd have a lot easier of a time in this season right now than they yeah. did when all of those players tried it and wrote the warband off. And that's kind of my my thought on it. I think there will always be a warband that does better at the end of season because their faction cards are bad. There's no way to 100%. And yeah. they can re they rely a lot on universal cards. So when there are a lot of universal cards, they're better. At the beginning of the season, you cannot win events with them because you don't have cards. 
But guys, they can score double supremacy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw a guy who rocking was rocking temporary victory and perfect match with them, and I don't know what was like more. <laughs> I, I wish I can think as positive as positive as him. That's some confidence, <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. undeserved confidence, but uh, confidence nonetheless. So I think um, I think we can agree that this warband is a warband that. In the in the in the in the in the right hands can do really well, right? Um, and you know, I think we're all sound believers. And you know, if anyone puts in the right effort, practice, and they get the right matchups and luck throughout the event, they can win with any warband. Um, I think the average player will struggle with this warband, um, if only because the faction cards are really bad. And I think deck building is an element of this game that is actually under. Um, it's underplayed on how hard it is, right? Like I think and like the people, like we've been playing the game for like three, four years and the people we talk to have been playing this game for three, four years. And like, I think the people on this podcast are a little different because like we think about this game constantly, um, unhealthily so in some occasions, right? <laughs> and um, I think like the average person who wants to play this game and have fun with it and like go to a local glass event, I don't know if they're going to do so hot. Um, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy putting them in B. Because I think, I think between Matt, Tommy, Steve, and Dave, like I've been convinced that they're a little bit better. But um, yeah, me too. I don't think they're better than Eyes of the Nine either. I think B mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, like I yeah. can, like I said, they were on the cusp of A for me. Where, um, where and that was some reason. Eyes of the Nine. C. I don't think they're better than them. So I'm still on a C. I'd say an yeah. average player picking up Eyes of the Nine and Wormspat is probably going to have a <laughs> time with Wormspat, personally. Yeah, I think against yeah, I think the that's whole fair. meta, I, I think I agree. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. All right, slap it in B. Move on. <laughs> Rothgorn's Man Trappers. Um, it's a good warband. Matt, Jonathan, and myself gave him an A. Tommy and Nick gave him a B. Who's played the most from Hothgorn here? Jonathan, you have, right? Probably, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I played it a man. couple of months last season, not this season. Yeah, I th- I think he's good. I mean, he's I think he's currently better than Malog, who's who we would usually compare him to. Um, I think he has a he can get he's probably the the warband that's the best to take cards um, for getting kills because it's pretty obvious that he's going to get a kill each round and. He has so he has access to all of the hunter kills a quarry card, um, and he's just gonna be able to score it. So you can make a deck where, you know, you have four cards in there for getting a kill, and then a lot of the time you'll score two of those at a time. The speed, he's also great with the speed package. Um, he's very hard to kill. I think you do take a restricted card to get his damage reduction upgrade. Um, and then even though hunter's talisman is restricted, I think you either take it or there's just enough L- other um, reliability. Um, to make his attacks pretty reliable. And then commanding strides back, there's a lot of pushes right now. So I think he can become really, really scary. Uh, and if the damage reduction comes out early enough, he's almost impossible to kill. Um, so I think uh, I think his weakness is end phase objectives, but I think you can make, I still think you can make it work. Um, I think you can flex into hold objective if you want to. I think you can flex into um, maybe objective removal, maybe... Um, some other things, maybe just aggro and just just kill stuff. So, um, I think mighty swing is 
something you consider as well for the big matchups. And um, I just think he's, I think he's scary. So. Uh, I think before the far list, this was an S. Like this guy could, That's could possible, do, yeah. this guy could do it all. He could take every good upgrades in the game. He could do fit the risk of quite well. Uh, I think boss far, he got hit a ton because losing first resistance is big. Uh, all the good upgrades for hunters are restricted now. And also his faction search for flipping an objective is restricted as is the gauntlet talisman. So I don't think you flex into objective removal anymore. I think you go straight up hunter, beef him up and shoot with the crossbow. But I think it's quite slow to make the crossbow be reliable and it for on. It, it will be it will be scary. And sometimes you have this monster turret that shouldn't take it, take everything down. But before far, I saw decks with Path to Victory when you can no, noble or scramble the the little guys on objectives while he goes on rampage and kill and not be killed. I think right now it got a massive hit from the far list and is a tire below. Yeah, I think the only list I've seen consistently is like a like aggro build, specifically like turret build, where you just glory seeker, fighter's ferocity, and you just kind of commanding stride, heated instinct, rock around the place and shoot things. Um, I think I think the warband has the propensity to do a lot, but I think post far list, it's you focus a lot on Hrothkorn to do the heavy lifting. And I think that's what makes it pretty good, actually, because it's pretty binary. Like, I play Hrothkorn, you do well with Hrothkorn, you keep him safe, you're going to do well. Um, if Hrothkorn doesn't perform, or, you know, your opponent can take advantage or capitalize on your mistakes, then you probably lose, right? But then, like, the supporting cast is pretty solid, too. Like, Thrafnir um, is, is great. Um, he gets the reroll. He's great gathered momentum enabler. Um and then I think, depending on how you want to play the Novelas, you can hide them. And you've got a three-wounder that you can you know, put up front if you need to. So it's not bad. Um, I wonder, like, I think they do well into hordes too, which probably improves his stock. Um, Matt, Tommy, what do you guys think about, about Hearthcorn? I think he's a warband that always feels like it should do better than it actually does. It's got a lot of tools. Um, it's got some great uh, Warband-specific cards. But, yeah, and it's, it just never... For a long, for a long time, it did. Uh, back when it was like Tomes, Rothgorn, you could play passive with them stuff. And also, maybe pre-Far, it was doing quite well, but post-Far, now that he has to really consider the restricted cards that he takes whether he goes for Hunter's Talisman or not. That's well, Hunter's Talisman is the key card for me. I feel if Rothcorn draws an early Hunter's Talisman, it's a good game for him. If he doesn't, then he usually loses. That's what I've seen from my experience. Um, but it's, it's a hard one to tell because I don't play a lot of Rothcorn myself. So right. just find I don't have a hell of a hard time beating him. He's, he's always, he always causes problems, but you can usually take them down one way or another. Matt, any closing thoughts? Uh, 
for me, he's strong into hordes and, and also can be strong into elites, um, depending on the matchup. Um, you know, one great strength and he's, you know, hidden for four already. Um, you just need to get one of those through and then you, you've, you've given your opponent a pill battle. Okay. So let's just move on then. I think he had more A's than B's. So we'll give him an A. He's got good matchups. We'll jump to Morgox Crushes. Um, Tommy, myself, and Matt gave him an A. Nick and Jonathan gave him a B. Surprise, Nick, you gave him a B because you've been really high on Crushes for a while now. Um, I guess we'll start with you. Why do you think they're B and not an A? Are we talking championship or alliance? I, th- I think championship for this purposes, yeah. yeah for so the- I think on championship they have stepped back because they have good tools. Everybody has it. And also I think they suffer a lot of the best Warbands matchups right now. And I think they have a horrible time into Drapers. Like horrible, horrible time into Drapers. They just cry into Drapers. Also the um, far list hit them, I think, hardest because, and probably deservedly so because they, they were really good and do some some damages. Uh, probably, as Tommy said, for Hunter's Talisman, this is the thing for uh, for the their eager side advance. step, eager advance. Because if eager advance is on, then everybody is on objectives in round one and in first activation. Uh, things are looking smooth because in purpose with capture, got it, boss, whatever. They have to spend a lot of restricted slots right now into the cards, and so I think their end phase has slowed down a bit. And they, they will probably still take to the end and the avatar and stuff like that, but they can be outscored and they can be killed because damage is out there and good at, good attack actions will happen and there are going to be like good good mm, good attacks that can wipe it, wipe them out or fight damages. And also, as I said, a lot of warbands are relying on two range two, specifically Drappers, but also Kanan. Um, the Briar Queen some, somehow can do that, and their good matchups is they can like be better at range one attacks, but they suffer in range two. Even the brutal reprisal doesn't work in range two, so that's a big hit for them. I think that makes a lot of sense. Does anyone want to add to that? So I think they have access to one of the best unrestricted accuracy cards in the game in augmented limbs right now. I I thought brute Um, charge. Brute charge is really good, but you know, they also have access to, you know, uh, augmented. So they're not having to worry about the restricted slot that that's been there all season for strength of terror. Something like savage soldier also is really strong on a, uh, on a war band. And there's, there's tons of speed. So you can, you know, I feel like there's still a warband that is it. They're not going to play the control style that we saw at the start of the season. They're not going to play this this style in which, you know, you're kind of hooped if you don't come to them, and if they want to come to you, they're just going to come and take your heads. Um, yeah, but I think like looking at them in an aggro lens, I think they're really strong. You know, as as aggro still um, you can get the scything attacks they can get multiple attacks there's so many ways to get a ranged attack on them I, I think I think the difference is that they have a lot more counters now you're not really teching specifically for them 
like you were previously, but there are a lot more ways to deal with them. Um, it still puts them in a really strong position for me. Um, yeah. Okay, Jonathan, you got something? Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I would just say that I think that with the, the couple times that I've played them since the FAR, um, I just haven't been that afraid of what they were trying to do. I do think they are killable now if you focus on them. Um, I think if they are doing Avatar and stuff, they, you know, they may have to wait to put it on and try to trick you into, you know, doing the wrong one. Or um, I played a game recently. I, w- I was just playing Ravagers and I was able to kill two of them. Uh, okay. Um, and I'm just, I guess I'm just not that afraid of them. And then if I was building a deck with them, I feel like I would have a lot of trouble against what we think is really good right now, like Grimwatch and Thorns and Gids and Skaven, like that kind of stuff. I feel like that would be really frustrating. So um, I think they're solid, but I think uh, that's why I give them a B. Oh. Also, can I ask Matt what are his mm-hmm. three restricted for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, the I, 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 like I haven't played as crushes, so it's, it's not something that I've ever done the deck okay. building for, but you know, it would probably be, it's now what that got restricted. The one where you're, I think it's I got think it. So. No, it was got it boss. Got it boss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'd probably take got it boss still. Um, I would probably take something in the vision of glory or, or that range. Um, yeah, and probably something else in the upgrades, I would guess. So you know, either you're either losing either. hidden purpose and burst of fortitude for that, which yeah. is a first rate, but they're vulnerable for that. Yeah, like I mean, I, yeah. I I I probably wouldn't play them. Like I'd be playing the aggro and moving into your territory and be be doing like got it boss as a like bold conquest style yeah, yeah. objective. So yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, they may be better at that than Magors are. They may be better at that than Orbs Bad are. So that would, if that, if those are true, then I could see that being in the the A tier. Um, it's just hard yeah. for me to compare those to like Ripos or Rothgorn or something else that I think is aggro, you know, or vampires, uh, maybe. I just think that's like they're just stat balls, and that's yeah. I think what just differentiates them is that they can hit hard and they can take multiple hits. Um, and if you want to, they can they can be very hard to kill, right? Um, but with Tommy, do you want to, do you want to round out the crushes mm-hmm. conversation? I think what makes them unique is, as you say, they're stat balls, but they can also play the hold objectives in enemy territory as well as kill things game really well. And that's what gives them a slight edge over most generic aggro warbands for me. And that's why they were in an A. Um, that and just the inherent ability to deny your opponent glory through having three five-win fighters being the only targets uh, is a strength in itself. So although they did get hit hard by the far list, I still think they're, they're very high up there with Warband yeah. difficult to deal with. Yeah, I think especially for the average player, like I think it'd be very hard for someone to like pick up like Wormspat or Skates Wild Hunt or even Miari's Purifiers and say like, how do I kill 15 wounds, you know, mm-hmm. at the minimum? <laughs> it's tough. They're, they're like bold deeds is probably one of the best aggro objectives in the game. And they're terrible to play bold deeds against. 
Um, it's really hard to kill two of them. I don't, I don't care what warband you are. It's really challenging to take two of them down. I think it's interesting that they will absolutely take bold deeds and clean kills. And you probably won't score that against those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think it's really interesting. Like I've been like really topsy turvy throughout the course of this conversation, but I think I'm going to stick with a, um, for me. And I think Tommy and Matt, are you guys both A's? Yeah. 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 I'm good with A. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. Four out of five. <laughs> um, we're going to jump to, so we'll stick crush as an A, maybe towards the bottom. Yeah. And uh, we'll jump to Morgwade's Blade Coven. So Jonathan and I gave him a D. Um, <laughs> the, the rest of you gave him a C. I don't know if we need to spend much time here, but if someone, if maybe Tommy, I think you played them in like a league online final one time. Um, maybe if you want to summarize why they're bad, um, we can, we can move on. <laughs> uh, their attack profiles are all over the place, so you can't make, you can't stack the warband with plus one damage upgrades at range one because their two range one fighters are their weakest ones, or their snake one has to inspire before it can do anything with its dagger. But it's just a warband that has a lot of access to damage but really struggles to actually use it so it can function kind of well but it's really difficult to build a deck for them for that i don't think they're quite as bad as a d because they can they can still pull off some interesting stuff but uh, yeah they're they're definitely nowhere near b or a i'd say low c tier for me they're definitely so think, around uh, like a skirmish type event warband because you can build a combo deck for them, you can build a quarry deck for them, you can build like a suicidal aggro, something like that. But you're not really going to be good at doing more multiple stuff and surprise your opponent for three rounds or three games in a row. So, Yeah, I think for me, it's just like there's three two-wound fighters on one dodge. And they're supposed to be like an aggro warband that wants to charge you and kill you. Um, and I just don't understand it. Um, I think there's like, I think stats can be overcome through like good play and, and good cards and deck building. Um, but in this case, I find this is one of the warbands where I'm like, I don't even know where to begin um, in, in terms of overcoming some of their weaknesses. And like, yeah, I've seen some really cool decks with like Morgwaith just going to town. You know, jealous defense. She can play the card where she gets a free move, and then you play jealous defense, and then in your activation you get to attack again. And the range two, I think two day, two to three damage is pretty powerful. But if Morgoth dies, I think you lose. Um, I think at least if she dies early. So I, I'm going to actually say that I think the most important piece is Camus, and if you get Camus you know, a living, uh, and with an upgrade, uh, I, I think you can go a long way. Um, and I, and I think is she she's the sister a, of slaughter. Yeah. She's the yeah, combo. The whip one. You put a strength upgrade on her and get her inspired. If you can make her survive, like I, I think you've got a good chance of winning a game. Um, but I think putting most of your hopes on a two, two wound, one dodge fighter, um, is really hard. Uh, also, I think it's the one you want to put first, put forward because he cannot be pushed into lethals. So sometimes you just place them like forward. But yeah, they're a bit yeah. fishy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, 
I think they're D, uh, but looks like we're going to put them in C. Yeah, they can do that. Okay. I just haven't seen it. <laughs> but yeah. I, mean, I guess, yeah, you guys have. Uh, if, um, if you tell me if I have to play Iron School Boys or those girls, I will play those girls like for a month. I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that is a really, really good way to phrase it. And for that, I will agree with you. Yes. Um, anyone want to? Anyone okay? Everyone okay with C? Yeah. Okay. Jonathan. Uh, I mean, I think they're a D um, just because they don't do anything like everything that they do. Somebody else does that thing better. Um, so to me, there's just never, there would never be a reason for me to pick them. Um, I, th- I guess you could make it sort of work, but um, I mean, I think they're better than, I, I think they're worse than Reavers who we think it, we say is a C. I think they're worse than Despoilers. I think they're worse than Wild Hunt by quite a good ways, but. Um, who, who's, is that what's who's in C and who's in D? <laughs> who do we have in D? Hiltari's Chosen Axes. I mean, that's why I, I can see why you guys are saying C, but. Our D is Zilthari, Chosen Axes, Condemners, uh, Iron Skulls, Boys, and Steelhearts. So. I'd rather play Steelhearts than Blade Coven, but yeah, okay. I mean, <laughs> three to one, it's three to two. So Fair enough. Gonna, Fair enough. We're yeah. going to take it and we're going to move on. Yeah, you can um, score set the tempo with those guys. You can, of course, set the tempo with the Steelhearts. That's probably true. I mean, I think Jimmy did it. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I still think Chosen Axes are better than they are, but. <laughs> yeah i guess th- this is one of those war bands where i think if we have to argue how bad they are then i think it's fine yeah give them the benefit of the doubt that's fine and here we are finally hitting dire chasm i think we mm-hmm. can move through some of these pretty quick um but we'll start with purifiers uh, three people gave them a b tommy matt and jonathan nick gave them a c i gave them an a um so i think Maybe we'll start with, I guess, Matt. You've been talking about Darkasm, Purifiers, and Dread Pageant a lot, right? What do you, what do you think about? We've been talking about Dread Pageant a lot. Oh, Dread Pageant? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we'll wait. You we'll save ahead. you for the you next one. go ahead and start. You okay, defend fine. your A. Defend okay. my A. Okay, fair enough. Um, I think this is one of the few warbands where, like, when I see, I'm always, I always respect them immediately. They're across the table. Because they have the ability to surprise you in the most uncanny ways um and i think it's one of those like setups where it's like i'm not really sure what they're trying to do because they can do everything right and i think i i respect that that flexibility i think bahanar is a tank um i've seen bahanar wipe warbands by himself um i think the the aether quartz tokens and this those uh aether quartz abilities are really good um especially like re-rolling that defense to help you know keep your fighters alive i've seen way too many crits against me that way um and i think that they've got some great faction cards um and like if if someone is like like i think i struggle against this warband because i think they have the ability to just shut you down if they know what they're doing. Um, and sometimes like, Oh, look, they're not getting kills. Well, they'll score through objectives. Um, or if you're denying them objectives, they'll just kill you. And, and I, I really respect that, that play style. And I think flex for me is like the most fun. And I think this is like the definition of a flex war band. 
So I think um, they, you know, like I, I would have that same respect. Um, and that's probably because of my aggro flair too, um, mm-hmm. because they're very good control just from a defensiveness stance. Um, and they do a lot of things very defensively. Um, for for me, they, they fall into this B because I feel like they're a jack of all trades, but master of none. Um, you know, and, and I think they, they can do a lot of things that Harrow's can do um, and, and playing any play style. I just don't think that their their faction cards really lean into anything strongly. Fair enough, yeah. Um, Nick, you give them a C. Yeah. But you also compared them to Guardian, so what's yeah. going on there? Also, I think they look stupid. Why, why they have yoga mats <laughs> and backpacks? Where are they going? <laughs> They're going up the mountain, bro. <laughs> what are they trying to use? So, uh, jokes aside, I think if you describe the warband to a non-player, you say they are a defensive warband. They have four three wounds fighter, and only one of them has good defensive stats. You say, hold on, I'm missing something, because yeah, their, their role is good, but their role can also do pretty much anything. And if you're playing a defensive warband that can get like can lo- can lose two fighters early on, you kind of working on thin ice. Like they can have some games where everybody roll in their favor and they stay alive. I can also see them like losing a lot of fighters early on. And I, I don't know what are some good surges for them. Everybody is on guard. It's a slow surge. It's not something like you immediately go for them. Everything to prove not that good. Punching up, you cannot take that because you find a 2-1 fighter and it's a dead card. I don't think they do what's good right now really well. Yeah. They do suffer the math. I think I agree with that. I think that um, the three wounds can be a problem. I I don't think it's hard to get the three damage. And they do have good defensive stats, but they still die like half the time. Um, I think they're very swingy because like the... Their defense is, it's kind of like Harrow's, it's 50-50 a lot of the time. Um, but unlike Harrow's, um, they have, they're just easier to kill health-wise. Because the Harrow's will usually be able to inspire before they let you attack them. So usually they'll be at four on the two that you're usually aggressive with. Um, I, I don't know what their objective deck really does. Um, like, the, you know, that, that you can't be stopped. Um I think there's I think they're playable, but I just think they have some weaknesses. So um I think I think B is a good good spot for them. Also, okay. I think they're the opposite of Worms Path because they're pretty good at the beginning of the season because they have good faction cards and don't rely too much on universal cards. Instead Worms does the opposite. So right now they suffer a bit. I guess I feel like That's they're actually- so random that like if you if if the things go badly for you, then they're a C. If things go well, then they could be an A. But it's so hard to make that happen consistently for me. That's why I kind of settle on a B. Yeah, I think I think maybe this is definitely biased by my experience. Like I I have a losing record into this warband, um, and I I don't know if it's just because like dice or like it's just the warband or the but it's like different people. So either I'm playing it wrong, which I might, well, I may very well be playing it wrong, or like I think they've got some, some jazz, you know. So I don't know. Um, I'm very happy with B. If 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 anyone wants to add any comments to to the, the warband, they can. Otherwise, we can we can jump to third pageant. I don't think it's easy for a new player to build a deck for them. 
besides sure. the faction specific death. So not not yeah. not as easy. Yeah. Fair enough. I really liked what you said, though, that they're a warband that's good at the beginning of a season, and then they kind of drop off towards the end. So, Fair enough. Um, so this is Dread Pageant time. Uh, Tommy, Matt, Jonathan gave him an A. Nick and I gave him a B. Matt, your time has come. Yeah. I, I, so so I, I, I think the Dread Pageant are a super interesting warband, and I think that they are really really weird on paper um you know some of the weaknesses like i, I think they're in, like i don't really know their inspired stats because i don't ever expect to inspire i literally rolled less dice the other day because i was like oh oh i get more dice like what happens when i'm inspired um it, it's something that you just can't count on which is kind of it's very different to a lot of the other warbands um I think they're one of the best control warbands in the game. Um, I think they have some of the strongest faction cards in the game, um, especially in the objective side. Um, I, I think that they p- exemplify and play hold two um, better than anybody else. Um, Glissette is a monster and has so many upgrades right now to make her unkillable. Um, uh, other than a few like playing, playing cards, uh, and I, I think that, you know, you've got an aggro punch with Vasilak and, and Slake Slash. Um, I just think that they can kind of flex uh, in any direction um, and offer your opponent bad choices constantly while scoring very trivial two glory and phase cards. Do you think they're better than Lady Harrow's? I don't think they're better than Harrow's. I think they're like, I've got them ranked three behind heroes here. Um, I think they're at the bottom part of a, because I think they're very difficult to play. Um, But I think they're really strong in the current meta. Yeah. I agree with all of that. Yeah. I think they're as good as heroes in all honesty. Really? Yeah. I think it has to do with their cards. Like shared pain is insane. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, uh, Cruel pangs is, is, is Cool Pangs the damage or the... Dist- it's the damage. Yeah, it's Lure of Slanesh. Yeah. Lure of Slanesh, yeah. So I've got I my, my spoiler, like my article coming out uh, first week of August here is uh, is a Dire Chasm retrospective on the Dread Pageant. So I've been... I, I spent a good amount of time researching them lately yeah. um, and, and thinking about their cards and, and really like, you know, they're, they're the warband I've played the most through this season. Yeah. Uh, I built a deck with them with three bar Blotten, and that's scary. It's a scary thing to do because they don't care if they kill you or not. Even, even better, if you have a charge token or a move token and a wound, they're quite happy with it. Uh, I think sometimes their games goes down to how much hits can Glissette tank. Because sometimes they just out- outlive everybody and not be killed, and sometimes like Hard School is charging and creating a hit. And she's gone. And so you're really working on a small pool of fighters to do a lot of stuff. But I think Matt nailed the point. Like, they have amazing two glory and phases. They are really nasty. They have a lot of tricks. They can do wonders. I don't think they're as good as Eros because Eros has more stupid cards than them. Basically yeah. Yeah. I think I think the, the, the heavy reliance on Glissette surviving, at least into the mid-game, is... It's quite like telling to how they'll end up playing the game. I think Hadzu dies pretty quickly as well. Um, 
if you know if you if the opponent can get to him. But I think Slake Slash and Vasilik or Vasilak, they're just terrifying when they're like, tooled up. And I think that's one of their strengths for sure. I think Harrows have a control edge on on them, but I think the Slash Warband have a bit better game into some Warbands than Harrows do because they can choose to move forward and contest enemy objectives rather than just choosing to sit back and wait for the opponent to come to them. So it's about well, if you're doing something. If you're doing something like that, like you've got God Seekers, which is an insanely, you know, a two glory for just having all of you. Like it's bold deeds without kills. Like come on, like that. Like they they have such a strong pool of cards. Like I charge all four of my fighters into your territory. I score surge for endless revel, and then two glory for God Seekers. There they have so many options as to how they how they can play as well. Like. They are a, a kind of Dyer has a mirror to Harrow's in my mind with, with play styles, but I, I just think they have such strong end phase, no matter how you want to play them. Yeah. I think what gives them the, I think what gives Harrow's the edge for me, and I like both of them a lot, is I th- is the, basically the second and third, the quality of the second and third fighter. I feel like for Harrow's is a little bit better. Um, basically you're relying, especially in the first round, you're relying a lot on at least like one kill shot missing. And I feel like slight, you'll, you lose two fighters slightly more uh, with, with a dread pageant than you do arrows, but they're, they're close for sure. But I think they're a low a for sure. Yeah. I think we can all agree they're a, um, it's based on the consensus here. Let's go to ravagers. They had a beta rule recently, kind of changed the way uh, they functioned. They functioned right now. <laughs> they didn't before. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, we gave them all C's. Or everyone gave them a C, rather. So, um, I think maybe... Jonathan, you said you played them this week, right? A couple of weeks ago, yeah. Um, they just don't do anything better than Mavort's Fiends or anyone like that. Um Unfortunately, like the, the, they do inspire a little bit easier. They're not slouches once they inspire. Um, but that's really about it. The wizard is kind of a liability more than she is anything else. Um, and they don't have great objectives. They have like a couple, two glory cards that you can take. And then you're just doing what everybody else is doing. But if you compare them to Magors or I would say the vampires or the bone crusher or the, uh, Mad Mob. I just don't, uh, they're just worse. So, yeah, I think the challenge of the warband, you know, I don't really mind that they can't hold objectives in the end phase. I know a lot of people have issues with that. Um, and think that, you know, it's holding them back. I think, I think the biggest piece that holds them back is Zarsia. She is just almost useless. Um, there's no point in attacking with her. And like I know a lot of people like to take addicted to power because if she misses, she deals a damage. You get two glory. Seems like a good deal because it's a surge, <laughs> but like it never works out because she's either dead or she hit. She'll hit that one time you don't need her to. Um, also, and, she's pretty accurate. Yeah. Well, two channels. I guess. I guess, but I don't know. 
Not in the glissade, maybe. When <laughs> the main function of the warband is actually a hindrance rather than a benefit. Like, yeah, yeah. desecration is just, like, it's just useless. I, I liken it to them going along and planting a flag on the objectives and saying, ha, ah, I, I claim this for chaos. And it turns out the opponent can just go along and just pull the flag out and throw it away. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's so useless. And yeah, yeah. pulls the warband back. But yeah, Zarsha is a, another issue because she's a trap. A lot of players will take random cards that revolve around her and then they just waste activations trying to score them with her. Yeah. So I have a really good spell that like they can teleport into enemy territory. Yeah. And I think maybe that's the only spell you could take, but I still think it, you're right, Tommy, it's a trap. So uh, I think they do inspire now. And mm -hmm. interestingly enough, I think they have probably for four health fighters aggro that goes to two shields, probably there is his inspiration now because Fast Riders have to wait a full round. Steelers might not get him. And everyone has to cast spells, so something might go missing. They, they can just pop it off, like place a card, do a kill, or place the two cards for inspiring, and that's it. And that is interesting somewhat. But they are pretty much average stats, average good stats on average things to do. And I do agree with the one that Sarsha is holding them back. You want to either. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. So what did we give Magors? Because I think we can all agree they're worse than Magors. Uh, Magors ended up in B, and so we put these in C. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Starblood Stalkers is next. Tommy, myself, and Matt gave them an A. Nick and Jonathan, a B. Tommy, in honor of the dinosaur behind your head. I'm going to go ahead and have you start first. Well, playing on, like, in the online event the other day, and the Chameleon Skink over the course of two games managed to kill five of the Wraith Creepers. So I'd like to change it to an S just purely because of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, in all, in all seriousness, they're uh, they're a solid hold objective warband with some really solid defensive stats, a really, really strong aggressive fighter, and lots of shenanigans that can make it really difficult for the opponent to deal with. Um, they're definitely not an S because they're still a six model hold objective warband, which can struggle against really fast moving aggro. But they do have a lot of tools to to score and a lot of really strong objective cards as well. So, yeah, I'd say A was a, a no-brainer for me. No offense to anyone else that chose B. Yeah, I think what I what I like about them a lot, aside from Clactrock being a monster, is it's like A, like Kiki Taka is like, he, I don't really think you like have to try to protect him as much. Um, which so a lot of people like get blinded by your lead. Oh, I'm gonna go kill your leader, and I'm like, all right, I don't care. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then the other stuff is Autopodle. Uh, innate quarry is huge because this opens up absolute stillness, lion weight, um, and then if you take, you know, cryptic companion, formidable defense, silent helm, you've got a crazy, crazy way to just score glory by holding two. Like you don't need three. Like I don't really care to inspire them because the only person I really want to inspire is Clack Clack Truck, and he doesn't rely on objective 
inspiring, right? Um, and, and that's why I really like it is because people think you're trying to do something, but then you're really not trying to do the obvious. You're just, and in some cases it might be like, oh, he's just trying to hold objectives. But everyone will ignore Adipotl because he's infuriating and it's very hard to get through. And I think by having him existing and then one other quarry, maybe even without run death, like right at the end of the round, you know, you can you can get some really nice end phase scoring. And I think they have great faction cards. Great faction cards. So uh, I think this is the first warband that we see, which honestly can do really different playstyles. Because they can take the quarry way and absolute stillness and the great plan and stuff like that. They can do the feed the beast grave quite reliably. And I experiment for them for Vanguard and I'm trying to do it for championship. I think they can do a primacy stealing deck, which is kind of fun. But no matter what, what's the playstyle, they can have tricks and you don't know what to expect into them. The biggest problem I see is forget new players. Give this warband to a good player the first time they don't know to which part to look. And they will struggle the first game. And they won't, won't, do, won't know what, which card is good, which card is bad, which card works, which card doesn't. They have plenty of good cards, but it's hard to get lost in them. Like Sotek Venom is a good card. I don't think people here take Sotek Venom. And so... I don't. They have a good surge because flipping an objective in enemy territory is good. But if you don't do that in your game, you don't take it. So they're quite interesting. I think they are really something to look going forward to because you don't know what to expect. And they can be tricky and good, but they also can be really bad in the end of a, an, an experienced player or a bad player. So I don't think the, the, the learning curve for them is really steep, probably the steepest of, of them all. Like, it's really hard. Probably is as hard as Eyes of the Nine to master them. So I, I don't think they can get an A because they don't have, like, an auto-win, even if a good player plays them. So I'll, I'll, I'll disagree a bit with that because I think that at least... It, okay, so so even if they had the same skill ceiling as as Eyes of the Nine, I I think you can score way more with them, like just just by playing them in in any one style, like just just taking them. So I I you know I I don't play a lot of objective play. This is not really my style. Like I'll play some old two. I like control. Everybody knows me playing aggro. Um, I played a game with them the other day, just a deck I threw together, and I scored thirteen in the first round. And yeah, my cards came out in the right order and I was one off, like, and I had set the tempo or a uh, great plan in hand. And if I had scored, go, drawn a surge instead of an end phase card, I would have scored set the tempo in the, or uh, um, the great plan in the first round. It was just, Hey, I'm going to sit on some objectives and score my kind of easy cards. Um, they don't have the action economy that the other war bands have, but playing them as a horde war band, like they've got counter punch with clack truck um, and they've got amazing control throughout a puddle. Like I, I, I think they can be played pretty straightforward and just be successful kind of innately. Yeah. I think one of the cool things about them is like they have four good faction objectives, which is like rare. They've got will of the slam, instinctive tactics, balance, the cosmic equation and uh, the great plan. Um, crazy, crazy yeah. to me. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess I think they are relatively straightforward to play. I think most of, I don't think they're the hardest warband to play that came out this season. Um, the reason I gave them a B is that I, I think, um, I think they can be kind of hard to play. Um, well, and I think that it, against other war bands that are doing similar things that they are like controlling objectives, um, in their own territory and things like that. I think that it can be hard for them to score some of their cards. Um, I also think that those skinks can sort of be a liability, um, glory wise. And one of them, like uh, the one that does two damage, I think is really good. The other ones aren't, aren't really that good. Um, so I just think they're a little bit harder to play than a lot of the other a stuff. Um, I think you can definitely win games against the a tier things, but I don't, I'd be surprised if it was like more than 50%. Um, but they're, they're right at the top of B for me, like similar to, uh, profiteers or something. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Well, um, I think good points all around. Um, yeah, but is anyone we'll, willing to change their initial? <laughs> if not, they're going to go in A because it's three to one, three to two. Yeah. Okay. Crimson Court. Um, we got three Bs and two As, uh, and the As being Matt and Jonathan. Wow. So, <laughs> um, I guess Matt, uh, Jonathan. Yeah. Why don't you tell us why you think Crimson Court is a good A will band? Um, this is another one that's right on the bubble for me between A and B. Um, I think the reason that I think they are the reason I put them at a is because I think they can do everything that a lot of the B war bands like Magors and, um, uh, worm spat, uh, the, uh, purifiers. I think they do a lot of that stuff just better. Um, they're stat balls like Magors. They have range. Um, they complete, get a lot of passive glory with the hunger stuff. You can ignore the hunger stuff and just go aggro and um, you get, they have pretty good healing. Um, their inspired stats are good. Like they're just, I just think they're solid um, and they're so flexible that I think you can play them and they, they have hunter stuff. They have two wizards. Like you can really do whatever you want um, with them. And so I think it's that flexibility um, and you're just never sure how they're going to, what they're going to be doing. Um, I've played against like all different kinds of decks with them. So to, to me, it's that flexibility that, um, puts them up in the, the A tier, but um, I think B is perfectly reasonable as well. <laughs> I'll agree so Matt, with you- Jonathan, you okay. know, on, on that stuff. Um, I'll also just say, like, I think they have some pretty trivial car, uh, like objective cards for scoring yeah. and some amazing ploys. Like, I think their, their ploy depth is like, they could, they can do kind of, you know, whatever you want. If you want a super defensive ploy or, you know, to replace a charge token with a move token, like they're, you know, they've got some pretty sick cards. Yeah. They have a couple of really good surges and stuff. So I just think they're solid. Yeah. I mean, they've got good cards and they've got pretty decent fighter stats. I mean, one of my challenges with Crimson Court is I feel like they're one of those war bands where they're good at a lot of things. They're not necessarily the best, kind of like the way we talked about purifiers. Um, they, I think the most straightforward way to play them is just be aggressive. Um, and then you can bloodthirst or inspire, whichever one you prefer. Um, you can do both. 
Um, I think there's benefits to both. Um, but then ultimately, they f- they have the same pitfalls as any other warband trying to do the same thing, whether it's trying to, um, you know, rely on dice or trying to be in your enemy territory. Um, there's very few boards where you can optimally get all four, you know, into the zone. Um, especially if your opponent's trying to actively stop you. I think the the hunger build is one that I find people like to throw out a lot. Um, um, I've heard it on other podcasts. Uh, I like to, I see it on Discord a lot, but like, I really don't think it's that efficient. It's really draw dependent, and um, uh, like if someone because you text so much into like lost pages or hunger, like you can just get rolled. Like a, you know, someone can score because you're not really controlling anybody. You're just playing by yourself in the corner, right? Um, so they're not even actively stopping opponents from scoring. They're just trying to do their own thing. And either A, they won't be able to catch up with the opponent, or B, the opponent will get their upgrades and then kill them. Um, so I find them to be like a warband that people th- like think they do really well with, but in reality, they may not necessarily do as well as people want them to or, or, or actually in reality like perceive them to be. That's my take on it. Uh, I'll be shocked if I saw them won like a, a Vassal Clash or a Grand Clash right now because I don't think they can be that consistent. Uh, if they want to play them aggro, I think that's a pretty straightforward way, but they do lack accuracy and damage at the same time. And yeah, as you said, probably the younger build is the, mo- the most reliable one, but to me it's boring as hell, but besides that, also card dependent. Like I saw some games against those. I, I don't know how people can play that. Like just play yourself. You don't need me to play this game. And uh, I don't know. I think they can do a lot of stuff. As Jonathan said, they have access to Hunter, Wizard, Hunger, whatever. W- what can they master? Like they don't do Primacy or the good stuff that does. Yeah. And also it's a weird spot for them in the meta because like two... One spider are better than four one spider right now for reasons. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm I'm good with moving them down to a B. <laughs> yeah. Tommy, you want to throw anything in there? Or I think it was mostly covered. Yeah. When you look at the cards, they're so front loaded with stuff going on everywhere. They're so stretched with as far as things that they want to do that yeah, the only real viable build that I've seen for them so far has been Hunger Lost Pages, and yeah, that's got its own. As much as it's really horrendous to play into with some decks, it's got its own glaring weaknesses. It's never going to win a tournament, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a warband that's trying to do too much. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. be it is. Headcrack is Mad Mob is next on the list. Everybody gave them a C, except for Matt which he likes aggro, so give him a B. Hmm. I think I would have given him a B if I... I think I thought I did, but maybe not. Do you want to... You can... I mean, we can say you gave him a B. Is that what you want to do? Yeah. Okay. So, um, why do the both of you think that this warband is, um, like, I guess, middle of the pack? Uh, Like, I, I think that they've got right now the access to all the primacy shenanigans and you know can do a lot of things um i don't know this has been a, the, this one's a hard one for me i think i, I think i put b as like a uh, like i i think they can do well kind of middle of the road 
but like I personally have had no luck with them. <laughs> um, you know, like I have not done well when I've tried to play them. Um, I think they are harder. And, and so like, I, I think it was a faith B for me. I could see them going to C uh, because I was like, well, maybe I just haven't figured this one out. Right. Uh, so I think, I, I think a lot of it with, uh, with man mob kind of came down to that for me is going sure. like, I think there's something here that I, you know, haven't put my finger on yet. <laughs> yeah, maybe I have more faith now than I did when I put the rating in. I don't know. Um, I, I guess I think that they are a little bit better than uh, Ravagers. And I think they're not quite as good as the Vampires. Um, I'm not sure if I compare them to Magors, who I think is better. I think they have better cards in a lot of ways. Um, they have some really good accuracy upgrades and Gambits. Um, so I just think they're solid. Um, I think you can make it an aggressive primacy deck and it works. Um, and you can beat up most other, I would say B tier war bands. I think you can beat those up pretty good. And then I think you could win some games against the A. So, but uh, similar to ravagers, the archer is a little bit of a liability, but he's harder to kill. And he's, I would say in general, a little bit better. Um, with the double shot ability, I I have had that ability be able to do stuff. So, um. my main problem with them is purely based on the way that primacy works. So, yeah. if you have primacy and you don't take any ways to get rid of primacy, then you are limited to one inspiration per round, unless your opponent obviously takes primacy back off you. Um. In most cases, I find that when, when playing them, my opponent will just ignore the archer. If I want to play aggressively, then I need to move forward with all four, which means putting the leader in a bad position. And if he goes down, then again, there's no inspiration. Uh, it's a warband that I feel looks like it should function better than it actually does and is actually hindered by the fact that they can't claim primacy repeatedly unless it's taken back by the opponent. I agree 100%. I think that, that's it the spot. I also think that Seraphon do Primacy better because they don't need to take cards to spend Primacy because they just die easily and lose Primacy. Instead, they don't. And also, one dodge is pretty paper-thin defense, so they die like flies. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the inspiring... Perhaps not necessarily something that I've had seen or experienced issues with. I think for me, it's just it's so predictable what they're going to do. You play against Mad Mob, you know they're going to charge you four times, um, or or a combination of charging more like three times and maybe moving Daco onto an objective. I don't know. The thing is, is like I like I've I've tried Lost Pages with them. It doesn't necessarily function quite well. Um, the only time I had trouble against a Mad Mob deck. And in, 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 in trying to understand what it was trying to do is because someone was playing temporary victory in the deck, right? And like hit in purpose. And like, that's just not gonna, that doesn't have legs very far off. Like you'll get me one game and then I'll get you, you know? The thing is, is like, so for me, like I was playing, played Max Bernstein the other day in a league game and I just knew he was going to charge me four times. And that's what he did. Um, and it just wasn't, I don't know. I just, I don't think it's hard for someone to play them. I just, I think it's hard to do something interesting with them. <laughs> I think that makes sense. Probably don't need to spend too much more time on them. Yeah. Okay. 
So where are we at with this warband? C. Okay. Next one, Kanan's Reapers. We've got four A's with Nick giving them an S. So Nick, really? why the S warband? <laughs> uh, I think they're the best Voltron warband, and they can do a lot of damage here and there. Uh, they have three viable builds. I guess one is just like everybody's going to in your face and be a collective aggro and smash you. One is uh, Kanan is going up front while the others score passive glory. And the other is the little guys are going to go aggro while Kanan sit back and enjoy Lost Pages and score glory. So you don't really know what you're up to. And they have nasty tricks for all those three situations. Because when, when Kanan is back, they have a card that gives everyone attack action for your opponent minus one dice unless it's against Kanan. And so everybody will stay up front. If they inspired their monster, a lot of those guys goes to to the to shields, which is a lot. They have ways to reliably attack multiple times, which shows defense with their their upgrades. I think that they can do really really well. I think they can have an, an okay matchup into uh, Drapper, which is a big plus into this meta. They can do the the good stuff right now. So the usual everything to prove, punching up stuff like that. Not not as best as others, but they can do it as well. And also, Kanan is a threat. You have to take him down somewhat, and it's hard to kill. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with all that. The reason that I think that they're an A is because uh, they do give up a lot of glory with the little guys over the course of most games, um, and I don't think their inspire condition is very reliable. Um, usually, by the time they inspire, I would say that you they do usually inspire, but by the time they do, um, the better small guys are already dead or, or it's very difficult to keep them around. Um, but this is absolutely a competitive war band. They have some good cards um, and uh, they, they can be scary, but I think a good player that avoids the leader and makes you charge, you know, and reduces the amount of impact that he can have and then focuses on killing the little guys um, or, you know, saves up the right damage spiking uh, cards you know, just to kill him. Um, I think it's, I think it's, I think there are ways to beat him um, in a way that makes it solid A tier for me. So one of our patrons asked this question, um, you know, like, what do you think is the best way to play this warband? Um, and, and, you know, Tommy, we've, we've kind of gone back and forth on, on how to, how we should play them. But I think you're, you, at least at the time of the conversation, you, you think it's like really good to, just kind of kill everything with everybody, you know, like have the guys more techs or the bro techs, as I like to call them, um, kind of run up there and bro it out. Um, is that your philosophy still with this warband? Okay. So I think it's hard to decide which way it's best to play Kanan's because each way that you decide to play them has its own weaknesses. So I think they're very strong if you just play them full aggro because the Mortex and Kanan have some huge aggro capability, but then obviously you follow prey to passive play if you can't get to your opponent. If you choose to hold up, hold objective with the Mortex, then you're not really going to take a lot of the key upgrades that they have or lean heavily into their primary ability, which is to be able to get supports and attacks and make them very accurate. 
And then if you go down the route of lost pages, again, you're taking away a lot of your aggro capability and putting a lot of the attention on your main fighter, which your opponent may want to try and kill anyway. So it's it's a bit of a rock, paper, scissors effect. But my personal preference is just to go full aggro with them because I've had great fun just wiping warbands. Like I've annihilated curse breakers by the end of round one. <laughs> Things that uh, annihilated gets on more than one occasion just from the siding attack from Kanan. So it's, it's great fun. It's very strong, but it is, is definitely, it does have its, its weaknesses. So yeah, it's hard to say which one's the best. Yeah, right on. Okay. Well, I mean, I think I guess it'll always be a little debate then, but uh, mm-hmm. one that uh, I think doesn't take away from the fact that this is a really strong warband and a warband that's been doing really well since its inception. Um, we talk about strong fighters, strong cards. Um, they have a uh, their own faction, Keep Chopping, right? Which is pretty solid, like crafted for battle, I it's think. It's better is for them because it's four attacks without activation or shenanigans. So deciding can do it. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. I think so we all our, agree A there, right? I think it's yeah. low S for me, but we can go A. Okay. Who else gave him an S? Was it uh was it just Nick? I think it's just, it was just Nick. Mm-hmm. So we'll go we'll go top of A. How about that? We'll keep him near the thorns. Um <laughs> next warband is Elethane's Soul Raid, and uh everyone gave him a B. So I'm pretty happy that uh you know, we're not sleeping on this warband. Um, <laughs> who wants to talk about this one? Because I haven't played them as much as I've played into them. So I haven't really built decks for them, but I definitely know their potency in terms of yeah. when they're charging you a lot. Uh, I played against them pretty uh, quite a lot, actually, lately, because they're quite popular right now. Uh, first of all, they look atrociously stupid. I think they're the most stupid looking <laughs> warband. I want to press this out. I don't know what what's the problem with them. They just feel. I odd. think I think you just hate all the elves, Nick. Uh, no, I like like Ilfari. I think Ilfari. Oh. I think. Okay. That. Uh, also, I, I like played Covenant fine. So. <laughs> uh, Fair enough. I, I think they have tricks and they have legs on to stand on. They're not a joke warband at all. Like their second round is it's scary. It's not as scary as people think, but they don't have weak round one or round three as people might expect. Uh, actually, surprisingly, on second round, the most killable fighter is their leader because everybody else goes to two shields or the guy that goes back. So you know, you never want to attack him before the leader. So leader is a target, but also three hammers, cleave and snare to damage is pretty consistent pops a couple of crits on him and you're going places. Uh, I think they do a lot of stuff good. They do the poison quite well. They do the support kind of aggro quite good and they have surges for it right now. They have quite the speed. They have the tricks where they can move twice, which takes a lot of people like off their seat. Like uh, the first time like I put a move token with um, Autopuddle with them, and I thought, okay, one guy down. And then I saw this guy immediately charging in my territory, taking down a fighter. So, wait, they can do that? Yeah, they can do that. So they have tricks. They have something they can do. I don't think they're bad at all. I don't think they can consistently win tournaments, but they can surprise. They can have legs. They, you can build a good deck for them and do quite well. 
Yeah, I think one of the the undersold or people maybe slept on initially was like how good the fish is. Um, he's he's so good and like guaranteeing almost where he can go in some cases because you know he after you've moved or charged your fighters or rather your opponent, you can just place them right next to everybody, get supports. There's a they have their own faction poison where they can you can deny them holding an objective. Um, and it's pretty solid. They've got great stats. Um, and I think they're really good in the dreppers. Um, that early aggression is insane. And, um, I, I played like a, one of the league games. My first week was against, uh, I was playing cause I'm practicing creepers for the, the nation's cup that we're playing in. And, uh, the soul raid, man, they're just, they're, they're no joke. If those dice land, like there's nothing you can do is they can charge you. Uh, a lot, especially in round two. Um, and it's very hard to hit them back. So uh, I definitely am hoping someone can unlock their full potential, make them an A warband. But uh, I'm very happy that uh, at least we can all agree that they're in the B slot. Also, I want to add, this is a Tom Bond warband and Tom is not playing them and makes me sad. Yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> there they're you go. very they're just very very flexible like you really get to control when you go in in the first round because of the double move um you might only go in with two fighters but you can sort of stall out the you, like if people are hiding from you you can go after them which is really big and then if you want to hide from people i feel like this is one of the war bands that can sort of afford to stall out just try to score a couple things and then have a really good second turn um so i've, I've enjoyed playing them I think B, somewhere in the middle of B is a great place for him. I think yeah. a key to unlocking them is in, obviously the fish, you need to make the most use out of that, but it's in the synergy between, I think it's Tamil, who's the one that can come back. Mm -hmm. I don't see a lot of players really trying to prioritize the most use out of that like, ability, whereby you can just charge in quite aggressively with Tamil and then wait towards the end of the round and then charge in with the leader, who's very accurate. He's just going to get the kill in most cases in order to bring Tamil back. Because Tamil was effectively a two damage, three range fighter with a lot of movement, so can pick off a lot of key targets and can cause a lot of problems. So it can start to be like quite annoying to deal with when they're taking your fighters down because they don't feel as if they're disappearing as quickly as you would like them to, so long as you make the use out of that ability. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Well said. I think uh, I look forward to seeing what you do with them, but I think the Warband has a lot of uniqueness, and they've got some great cards, like they've got Other Isolation and some other cards as well, that, like Flood Tide, um, that they can score reliably. So Underrested Warband, which is probably uh, means that they're good, because... <laughs> um, can't sleep on any of them. Um, so we'll put them in B. We've got two warbands left. Um, we'll start with the Storm of Celestis. These are the starter packs. Um, I gave them a C, and so did Nick and Jonathan, while Tommy and Matt gave them a D. And so, oh. Jonathan, you've mentioned the Castigators a couple times. So I, um, I've actually been playing these recently, and I think they're actually a B. Um. Okay. I th I like them a lot more than I thought I did. But uh, I think it makes sense that people would say they were in a C. Um, my experience has just been that they are pretty good at holding a couple objectives. Um, they have reasonable stats. 
and their their ranged weapons are really really good and then shooting you can usually set up where you'll be able to just sh- shoot two fighters without charging and then if one of those inspires particularly the leader you have a really good charge to line up as well um, this you can take the speed package because um, the wing death works on the ranged attack and the dog can go so it's i would say it's either very low b or high c's they are functional um i've been winning games and like it it does work um i've been losing a lot of fighters but like it's it's close and i'm able to win um probably through like good positioning and things like that but um they're they're better they're much better than i thought they were i would say i think that's really fair and i find that to be quite an interesting take um they have a I couple guess, of really good pushes. The, the block is really good. So I've been impressed. But. Matt, you gave him a D. Why is that? So I, so I think it came down to, I think a newer player or honestly an average player picking up this warband will not know what to do with them and will not know even how to start. And I think like... <laughs> I, I think that their two glory surges are traps that a lot of people are going to fall into um, because I think they're horridly inconsistent um, and really reliant on the board state um, playing, you know, some, some very strange tactical supremacies that are very easy to block in games two or three. Um, and, and I think they're, they're just, you know, their inspiration is reliant on, potential three two smash attacks that are going to be really hard to boost the accuracy on. Um, so I think they're really hard to inspire uh, in general. And I, I just think that they're, they're kind of a, they're a technical mess that I think could probably do well, like in the hands of somebody like Jonathan, <laughs> obviously. But I think that, that they're going to be one of those warbands that's really hard to decode how to even play them passably and score any glory. So I think I kind of share a lot of your concerns and like criticisms regarding the warband. Um, I really want to like them because I love ranged warbands, right? It's like my, yeah. it's, it's something that's very easily attractive to me. Also the um, big guns. That's right. Yes. Um, but I, 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 I haven't played them in person. Um, I have played them online and I've struggled to, uh, with accuracy a lot. Um, and I feel like it's that same Magor effect we talked about earlier, right? Where it's like, if you don't hit, it's like kind of doubly, uh, bad. Uh, and then, then I think the incentive is not as great in some cases. Um, Tommy, have you played with them or against them? And, and what do you think about the Warband? I've never played against them. I've played with them and, what I found was even when I had the perfect board state, which I think had um, objectives two and four on my end, and, and I ran a kind of semi hold objective kind of deck, I just found that, yeah, if you hit those early ranged attacks, then yeah, maybe you can do something. But I think the main power in the warband lies in the alert 
ability of the Griffhound and handing out guard tokens so that you can just sit back on objectives and hope that you can outscore your opponent and then maybe get a few range attacks in as well. But even then, if you inspire the inspired side, the, the attacks aren't anything fantastic and you can't depend on them anyway because you don't want to leave the objectives. So you're very limited positioning-wise because you want to set up on objectives and then you're also very limited with how you're able to attack the opponent because you can only use your ranged weapon once. So yeah, I, I share the same like thoughts on them as Matt. I find them far too restrictive to do anything spectacular with uh, as an experienced player, as an average to new player. I just I find they would just be an absolute mess trying to deal with. So yeah, they're they're a D for me. Understood. Nick, any any thoughts on them? Yeah, I think Warming Cry is the, their best ability. That's really strong if you're good with positioning and you can surprise a lot of people. Uh, I do love how their surges work by the, a design standpoint. I think all objectives should work after an opponent activation and not after any activation. And that's not related to them. Uh, I think they're better than the Iron School Boys, Steelers Champions, stuff like that, but they are not so consistent you can put them in higher tiers. So I think a, a lower C is a, a good spot for them. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I think aside from Jonathan's, you know, unique success, I, I think the, <laughs> you know, the rest of us are kind of challenged with the Warband and, and find it a little difficult to play. Um, and maybe we haven't figured it out yet. And maybe this is another case of like, trying to unlock the potential of a warband, maybe like Soul Raid. Um, and maybe Jonathan is, on, is well on his way, but I think for this tier list purposes, I think we're going to rock him at a, at a C, just, you know, because we've got a B, two Cs, and two Ds. So um, we'll pick yeah. the uh, pick him at C. I, I, I would say that I've actually never used Warning Cry. I think it's kind of stupid. Uh, although if they attack the dog, I think you just use it on himself. Um but like literally, they the other three are just basically Mavor's fiend stat wise, and you just charge in, and then you just keep charging, and it kind of works. But, um, but I think a C is totally fair. <laughs> I would okay. rather play them than uh, Wormspat, though, for sure. I mean, gave them a B. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. Know. I guess the group consensus, you know, sometimes uh, <laughs> we disagree yeah. individually. So, yeah. Um, last one here. Um, it's one that probably doesn't take much time, but Drepper's Wraith Creepers, five S's, first time on this episode. I think we've got <laughs> that, um, and and for good reason. And so I've been playing them a lot, but I, you know, you, I want, I want, uh, I guess, you know, the guests to talk about why they think this warband is is so strong because they are they're very strong. Um, and I guess Nick, actually, why don't we start with you? Because your reasoning for a lot of your ratings was. They don't beat Drepper's, so... Yeah, I think they're, they're on S because there's not a higher rating, higher tier, because they will be there if there's something better than S. Uh, I, I, think, I do think this, this Warband just flat out is better than all the rest of it because they can push, they can use sidestep 12 times without taking it in their decks. Uh, their attack profile is the best in the game because 3 hammers one we roll on range 2 is nuts. Uh, they are... I said before, they are a range 3 warband because you can push an attack range 2, so it's range 3, with a range 2 accuracy because 3 hammers again and whatever, 
or maybe let's say it's a range two damage and range one ac accuracy. So they have like the, the complete pack. Uh, the fact that they can push for free makes them be able to do a lot of stuff. They can like Voltron Drapper and attack a gazillion time with him and kill everything. They can push into objectives and do the Treasure Hunter, Bloom Spores, Swift Capture, Absolute Stillness, stuff like that. Uh, they have insane cards, like they have Palo Fear. Palo Fear is broken. <laughs> Why Palo Fear works on range two? Palo Fear should not be working like that. And I think every new player that plays Palo Fear, they attack with a range two and say, okay, that's one dice less. But wait, ow. And yeah, it works like that. Uh, also, they never miss. And when they miss, they have a card that can make, make them attack again and repeat that attack. They attack again when they die. They, they have a, a faction distraction too. They have a, a surge for just charging through an opponent, which you can do easily. Doesn't have to be or an a opponent. Friendly, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Or a block tax. <laughs> or a block tax too. So, yeah. I think they have it all. They just have it all. Yeah. Tommy, you played them for a little bit too in a competitive environment. Do you yeah, kind of agree I, with everything Nick said? I basically refuse to play them now because they're so good that it's just boring. Uh, it's just you don't have to think about what you need to do. You just, yep, it's, it's just like playing games on repeat. Uh, I'm just going to push. Like, I'm going to pick probably Grodrig because he's the one from Snare and the drummer. They're going to be the hold objective ones. Hackfell and um, Drepper are just going to be waiting until they're, tool they're tooled up to go in and fight. And then once Drepper is ready to go in and fight, once he's got the full defensive package, which you're talking <laughs> survival instincts, um, Silent Helm, Prey Bonds, all these <laughs> things. I think I managed to have a defensive package ready for Drepper so that you would have to have a minimum of two crits on... You'd have to be rolling three dice, which would be reduced to two, and then you'd have to get two crits as a minimum just to have a chance of hitting him. And that's just a chance. There's no guarantee there. In the meantime, he's hitting back three smash with a reroll for four damage, and he'll get five or six attacks off over the course of the game, probably annihilate your warband whilst you're holding... Well, who's just scoring for holding two? The, uh, the warband's just ridiculous. Yeah, they need dealt with quite severely. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's strong. Um, it, it's certainly a strong one. And and if I agree, they do seem kind of boring to play. Um, if I wasn't locked in with the warband over the course of the uh, Nations Cup, I'd be playing something else. But uh, we're doing really well right now, so I'm going to keep the practice up. But uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on the... Uh, so uh, the one thing that hasn't been mentioned is how trivial their inspiration is too. So <laughs> like, wait, they oh, have an uninspired side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they, they inspire within two hexes of an opponent, which like, as Nick said, within three hexes of an opponent because of the way that they push and the timing on that inspiration. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. Like they, they are just, so easy to move around the board. They're, they're very fluid. They're very fluid to play, um, which is, which is really breezy. But I mean, that just means that the, the counter punches are really hard for the opponent. And I think that that's, you know, they, they've kind of got it all. Um, they've got easy surges and, and other, like, like I think their surges are very good. Um, they've got great power cards. They've got amazing stats. Um, 
And, and even, you know, even if Drepper dies, um, you know, the other three can take up the mantle. And if you've got uh, the drummer inspired, like you've now got two pushes around, like, like you've now doubled that efficiency um, and, and you can easily move around and, and, and make the best work. So um, yeah, I think everything else has been said. Yeah, I also want to say that they're one of the few warbands that can start the game inspired because you can put a hex. <laughs> I did this the other day twice. I just put Drepper in the furthest most hex and he had seven fighters, so he had to put a hex in front of me. And then I won roll off because he had more fighters than me. So I'm more likely to win the roll off. And then I was like, all right, I'll go first. Um, Drepper's inspired, Hackfell's inspired. And then I started the game off rolling three smash with a reroll. It's kind of silly. That's stupid. They're the first warband ever that can score annihilation without charging. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I think we've talked enough about how uh, maybe somewhat passive aggressively on how how good the warband is. So, um, Jonathan, you wanna you wanna add anything before you kind of recap the results of the day? Um, I think the only thing I would add about them is that if you can play a warband that doesn't have to like go like on top of them um, and it can somehow like still function, then I think like maybe if you have a lot of range, maybe if you have a lot of speed, if you can just constantly stay away from them, I think you can sort of play around them. But the interesting thing is that most of the S and A tier warbands can't do that. (laughs) So it's weird. Like, yeah, like I think Skaven actually have a pretty good game into them. And I think the fish actually have a really good game into them. Um, probably I could see like Godsworn having an okay. Like there are some war bands that do, but they're not the war bands that are like you would see in at the top level of a tournament right now, which is really kind of curious. Um, but they're just brutal. If, if you could just get the leader in the middle of everything, um, it's, it's gross. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I did say earlier that I, I think the, the, the way to beat them, right. Is you play Skaven and you just charge with Spite Claw and Kirk, five hexes into enemy territory, whether you get the kill or not, you completely annihilated their push because now they have to push towards the fighters that are there, and those are the harder fighters to kill. Same with the fish. The fish is a menace. <laughs> oh, one of the guys killed me because he played the card that does a damage at the end of every round. So, like, Drepper, like, just died, even though I was like, you can hit me. You know, um, and yeah. then Godsworn is another scary one because they can just do four damage, and if they dice you, you know, you you lose. And Jagathra with uh, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty nasty. So, yeah, I think they definitely have weaknesses, but I think your point exactly stands is their weaknesses aren't going to be at most major competitive events or any competitive settings. You're rarely going to see Soul Raid and um, Godsworn, and if you do see Spite Claws, um. You know, as Nick says, maybe they don't have any bad matchups, but uh, it's it's still a dicey one. And even in those bad matchups, it's not like it's a free win or anything. It's like maybe they actually have to charge. <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. they have to actually use all four fighters. <laughs> yeah, the only time I charge is when I try to score Ethereal Hunters. That is the only time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, anywho, okay, cool. So S Warband, lock him in. And so I know it's been almost four hours. So first of all, I appreciate everyone's patience and support. It's been hard with the time zones and everything. All of a sudden, it's like really dark where Tommy's at. So um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I just, first of all, I want to thank you all so much for your time today and and your commitment. 
uh, Jonathan, if you could just recap the results and then whoever needs to drop can most certainly drop. And then the rest <laughs> of us will just finish out the Patreon questions and close the episode out. Yeah. So in S tier, we have the Wraith Creepers and the Grimwatch. Then in A tier, we have Thorns of the Briar Queen, Kanan's Reapers, Sarbag's Gits, Rip of Snarl Fangs, Spike Claws Swarm, Lady Harrows, uh, Rothcorn's Man Trappers, Crushes, Dread Pageant, uh, Lizardmen, Stalkers. Um, and th- that's A. And then B, we have the Vampires, uh, Profiteers, the Purifiers, Sepulchral Guard, uh, fish people, whatever their name is, <laughs> Godsworn Hunt, Magor's Fiends, Molog's Mob, Wormspat. Then we have Mad Mob. This is C. We have Mad Mob, Wild Hunt, Spoilers, Reavers, Ravagers, Farstriders, uh, Curse Breakers, Eyes of the Nine, Storm of Celestis, um, the Blood Ladies. What are they called? Blade Coven. Blade Coven. Uh, Yathari's Guardians. This is this is D. Yotharis Guardians, uh, Chosen Axes, Condemners, the Boys, and then Steelheart's Champions. And I guess there's not really an order within these tiers. We have we haven't hashed it out to that that much. But I, I've tried to sort of order them based on how strongly we felt something belonged. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, let's start out, um, Matt. Um, last question for you: um, How do you feel about that tier list? Any 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 noteworthy? Did you did you end, did you feel like it ended up the way you wanted it to, or it was a little different? <laughs> I I think it's different, but I think that that's also snapshots of different metas, which I really like. I think that that's a that's a good part and snapshots of you know kind of kind of the way people are playing and what what play groups are doing and um, yeah, like uh, that sounds really good to me. Sorry, I had to call. I had to mute it. Yeah, but right on. Yes, thank you. Yeah, um, Nick. Any anything that stands out to you in that tier list at all? Uh, I think it's weird that we have a lot of warbands in tier A, which I think B should be the more populous tier. But I also think this meta is quite balanced beside Trappers, so it makes some sense that uh, a lot of warbands can have a shot at winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy, how about you? Yeah, overall, pretty happy with the tier list. Uh, for the most part, I think a lot of them have ended up roughly in the same region, if not close to where I thought they would be. Uh, other than Steelhearts. Um, you're all wrong, but Steelhearts, they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, um, yeah, I, I, yeah. for me, I thought A was quite large when, when he was recounting it. Jonathan, I just raised an eyebrow because usually I think B would be the biggest, if not C. But, uh, I mean, that's a sign of a healthy meta, right? A lot of war bands that have a lot of game, and while they all suffer against our overlords that are the creepers, um, <laughs> and maybe not necessarily suffer into one another. So, um, thank you again for joining today, um, Matt. I know you have to drop. Tommy, are you going to drop as well? Yeah, I'll need to go. Thanks very much. Okay. Well, before you guys go, if people want to reach out to you, or you know, if you have a content that you're creating, I guess now is your time to plug it. Uh, yeah, uh, you can. Check me out on my blog, Set the Tempo. Um, I'm also on all the discards, as Matt said, the Tempo. Um, <laughs> thanks again for having me, guys. This was uh, awesome. Absolutely. And Tommy? 
Um, no content creation here. Not yet, at least. <laughs> I like the not yet. Put all of us on notice, eh? <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, you guys go ahead and drop. Nick and Jonathan and I will finish out this episode. So um, appreciate your time. Uh, and you can just drop whenever. Thanks again, guys. Uh, Thanks. Take thanks. care. Cheers. Um, so if you guys are still with us four hours in. Um, we've got like <laughs> 10 minutes to go, most likely. And so we've got... Um, Let's do another tier ranking. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to go into uh, Patreon questions. So um, we already answered Hussman, so we'll delete that one. And so I guess uh, we already answered this one, but Nick, what was your favorite individually sculpted mini of the past season? Uh, I think it's Prince Duval. I think it's nice, yeah. just an amazing miniature. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, that was from Duke Ashcan. That's a great miniature. I completely agree. Um, Nick, if you could change one aspect of the game right now in order to improve, in order to improve, what would you do? Uh, Are there any beta rules anyone would like to test? Absolutely to do over objectives. I do think a lot of games are just lost because you draw seven glory and phase and you cannot score in round one, so you just fold. So having a mulligan to a way to reshuffle them into the deck, I think it's the best thing that can happen to this game right now. Yeah, I can see that. So instead of putting them in the discard, you would just shuffle them back in your deck? Yeah, and draw again. And like reveal them to your opponent. Yeah, you show them to your opponent and say, I do a do-over and shuffle and draw another three. At least you haven't haven't had to lose because your deck screw you. Yeah. It would make some of the third end phase cards a lot more viable. Yeah. Right now we only have like pure carnage out of third <laughs> end phase. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. What about you, Jonathan? What would you add? Um, I, I, I guess I, I guess we all agree something needs to be done about Creepers. I think they're too good at what they do. Um, other than that, I'm pretty happy with the way that uh, the game is right now, I think. Yeah. I would get rid of player place lethals. Just dislike them strongly. Uh, I'm tired of them, actually. Um, <laughs> or maybe make think, it to where like thorns and harrows can take damage from lethals. Um, oh, either like one of those, there. I'll yeah, be happy. Yeah. 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 Um, final question, and that question was from Series ninety three. Final question from Cole WG. Um, I'm being mauled about my dogs right now. My <laughs> question about aggro deck building, in addition to the speed package or the regular whole two package. What non-aggro packages or universal objectives do you consider for aggro warbands? Nick. So Jonathan answered this one last time, but Nick, I think it'd get your good opinion on this one. So what what you take as non-aggro even in an aggro deck? Yeah, what are yeah. some great non-aggro packages that you could consider for aggro warbands? Okay, first of all, if you don't have sidestep and distraction in your deck, you should reconsider your deck when you should have <laughs> really good reasons for not having those two cards in your deck. But you can have it. You can do without it, but you should really think about not having them. And also, passive scoring is important in every kind of play style. So yeah. some sort. Of Got it. Score. Yeah, I think we said that we liked the ones for being in enemy territory, things like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that's it. I think those are all the questions we've got. So, um, Nick, any final thoughts for you? Uh, I hope you guys are considered Skaven as an S because that was my battle. 
<laughs> I'm gonna have to try them again. It's been a little while, so. Uh, but but the, the one that makes me think about it is the inspiring everybody for one card. <laughs> that is a big difference in the first round. So. Yeah. yeah, I would reach out to Jimmy. He's been playing them in our Nations League. Uh, you can find the decks online as as well on the Nations League website. Um, okay. All the decks are open. Interesting yeah. format. Um, cool. And so you, it's pretty solid. Also, <laughs> Grimwatch is an S, and I thought they were much lower, so I cannot complain anymore about my matchups because I'm playing an S Warband <laughs> in the same tier as Trapper. So <laughs> what do I know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I think I think you're right. If that there was like an S plus or like a Z or whatever, like yeah. it's tier zero, then Drappers would definitely be in it. Um, but I think Grimwatch, it's interesting actually because Grimwatch I do think are head and shoulders above a lot of other warbands. But I think like like Drappers are like whole bodies over other warbands. <laughs> like you know, like they're just it's crazy. Yeah. I think for me, I think for me, if there was a like an A minus and a B minus, I would be able to get it exactly the way I want it. Um, it's difficult with these kind of groups, but um, you know, there's no point in getting that granular either. Either so. Yeah, I completely agree. I, for me, it was more so like, you know, Tommy plays in the UK, Nick plays in Italy, Matt plays in Canada, and this is our podcast. Yeah. So, like, how how can we like take a meta <laughs> that we all play with globally online, but we've also started playing individually in our own you know, countries and parts of the yeah. world, and how we can kind of formulate that into a list? And and you know, we have five major tournament winners on the podcast. So, um, four. I mean, <laughs> well, for, well, you know, I, you've won sure. an event. I looked in the you know, we, we, there's a Discord that we're both in, and you have like a, you're in the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you have well, one the, big event. The Alliance leagues are are legit, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, you, okay, so it's fine. fine. You know, don't undersell <laughs> yourself, Nick. You've got. I, we have fun. I think Go with ahead. the tier list, I think that all of the, I think we can all agree that the war bands, um, you know, are solid where we put them. If we think they should be a little bit higher or lower, I think there are at least solid arguments against that. Um, you know, even if they haven't completely persuaded us, so. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, also, I think I want to add to the tier list. I do think there are a lot of warbands that can win a tournament, win a big one. I will be yeah. shocked if a B tier warband win a tournament this time. Like, I think the gap between A and B is pretty much. I, the only warband I don't feel about that is the Profiteers, which I would have put into A because I think Profiteers can win a tournament. Yeah. The other okay. B would shock me. Yeah, I think the fact that A was so big made me realize that like you know the way that as a group we were ang- we were weighing the rank A was that warbands that are just good right <laughs> um, and there's a lot of good warbands in this game yeah um, and i think that's a great sign i think you know if you're a fan of anything B or lower you know that sucks but you can make it work you know you definitely can um yeah, but there is a big gap between the B's and the A's, where I and I do think Profiteers is like a B point five, if you will, right, or like a B plus. Um, I think lately, especially the some of the Italian players have demonstrated that Profiteers got legs, yeah. and they still do. Yeah, cool. Got to give credit cool. where it's due. Well, I think this is our longest episode ever. Yeah, we should wrap it up. Yeah, four over four hours. So yep. let's uh, let's um, wrap this baby up. Yep. I'll do the outro. 
now. Um, uh, once again, thank you to our patron supporters. If you'd like to support our current patrons, you can do so at patreon.com slash path to glory. You can find all of our blog content on pathtoglorypodcast.com. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or Discord at Path to Glory Podcast. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. As always, thanks for listening, and we wish you the best of luck on your Path to Glory. That was where Nick was supposed to say something funny. Yeah. But, you know. We won Eurovision, Euros, one on gold medal on 100 meters at the Olympics. What can I do? Oh, my gosh. At least he didn't say it's coming Rome. I would have literally just jumped out the screen. <laughs> it's, it's already came home. Oof. <laughs>